What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gotham City. Always brings a smile. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Unleash the geek in you. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the GeekCast Radio Network, where we once again are going through the top 100 fictional villains of all time. If you haven't been uh, keeping up with it so far, we have released numbers 100 through 26, and today we go through our top 25. So this is the moment of truth, the moment we've all been waiting for, where we finally get to see who's on the list, who's off the list, who's that coveted number one spot, who has made the top 25, and all that jazz. But before we get to that, let me introduce who is here with me today to discuss these 25 characters. First off, we have Steve Megatron Phillips. Hello. Yo. Ho and a bottle of rum. Um, Also, Movie Revolt Dan. Hello. Hello. We also have, returning our special guests for this entire countdown here, the Simplistic Review crew, DJ Valentine and Matthew Stewart. In the immortal words of one of my favorite villains, you are a vicious bastard, Retellian. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> See, I introduced both of you at the same time to give yeah. you both an equal opportunity to, to do the quote first. So. Yeah, I'm, I was just going to, I'm just going to get a diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Just been revoked. <laughs> Thank you. The white guy says it. The black guy finishes it. Black guy says there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Regular Martin Briggs. In <laughs> so that is the stuff you have to look forward to today. Um, various quotes. Um, we'll riff off on characters we don't even talk about, and maybe some that we do. Um, to get you guys caught up on what has happened so far I give you the little statistics like I do every time. Um, it's neck and neck right now at the top as far as source material goes. We have 22 have been from film and 19 from novels. So 22, 19, only a difference of three there between film and novel. Those are leaps and bounds ahead of every other source material. We have TV at eight, cartoons at eight, plays at four, uh, folklore at three, 
video games at two and poems at one. As far as source material goes, we've had six comic book characters, five Disney characters, six characters that were from horror films, seven females, four robots, and eight uh, beasts and or animals. So um, that's kind of the rundown from the statistics here. So a close race between film and novel, that's probably not a surprise to too many people. Something that may have uh, been somewhat interesting from last episode, we had gone into last week's episode with 12 characters that had appeared pre-1900 and um, 11 characters that, or 10 characters that had appeared in the 2000s. So we had 12 before 1900, 10 after the year 2000, and we only added one character to either of those categories. So it sits at 12 still as far as pre-1900 and 11 from the 2000s and beyond. So my first question is going to go to Matthew here. Um, that being said, we've had 12 before 1900, 11 since the year 2000. What do you expect as far as those two numbers to go as far as the top 25? Will we have any pre-1900 characters? Will we have any from the last 17 years? Or is this like last episode going to be dominated by the 1900s? Huh. Um, I think it's going to be dominated by, I mean, I'm trying to think of any, any other characters that would really stack up within a top 25 villain countdown uh, pre-1900. Um I think we really ran the gamut of um, literary and mythological uh, characters. So I think going forward, we are just going to get the slew of well-known, like we're getting the creme de la creme, if you will, going forward. Uh, I don't really see that. What order are they going to be in? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> we, I think we had a really good mixed bag uh, for the uh, last quarter uh, of the countdown. It was a good combination of everything. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's going to dump its load this time. Yeah, load blown. Coming up, folks, on the Decast Radio Network. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing that's interesting to note, so far we still have 80% of the contributors have not heard their number one fall at this point. So 80% Ooh. of people still have not heard their number one pick. Some of them will not hear it, as we kind of alluded to in the last couple episodes. So some people may be disappointed from that. And DJ, what are you looking forward to today? And any um, predictions as far as, you know, some of the types of characters we might see? I think, though we started off in an unpredictable fashion, I think it's going to start getting more and more like, of course, of course, of course, like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I think when it comes to voting for your top 10, it's a little bit easier than voting for your bottom whatever right. 100 so i think we're going to start getting the ones that we've been where is this guy where is this guy i think they're going to start popping up now dan what do you think right now there's a three character difference between film and novels um do you see either one of them running away with it or do you see it staying pretty even between the two? Oh man that's hard i think books probably have a slight advantage just because so many great movie characters and movie villains are actually first novel characters so they might actually you know sway the actual vote to to book in literature even though for most of what they know is the movie first but let's wait and see yeah absolutely and steve do you think that there's any type of you know that wild card that's still yet to be revealed that nobody will expect do we have something that's going to be somewhat unpredictable in this top 25 or do you feel like with dj that this is going to get more into your standard fare here i think we're going to hit into our um our regular content here with uh, uh, TV, film, comic, all, all that kind of stuff, kind of diving in here with the uh, uh, top 25. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, could be the case. Another thing that I would like to mention, because we have had quite a few comments on the website, I think there's like 40 or some plus comments just on this last episode that revealed um, the 26 through 50. If you are curious as far as the criteria that we used in order to come up with this list, please go back and listen to the introduction of the first episode, because we did talk a little bit about kind of what um, made a villain for us and, and at least what the individuals on the panel used as kind of their chopping block and, and kind of way to narrow it down. So go back and listen to that if you're if you're curious as far as how we came up with our list individually all right i do last thing to do here before we start revealing just one more quick shout out to those that contributed to the list there was a lot of them there's um going to be a post that'll have all of their information on we've also been playing a few of their commercials from a couple of them that have those so um, if you have a chance definitely check out those podcasts or the blogs things like pop culture case study following films uh, obviously simplistic reviews well represented here the countdown podcast mild-mannered movie men besotted geek um, Kevin Wright's stuff, Blokebusters, In Session Film, Real Films, and I think almost everybody else has some type of connection to GeekCast Radio Network, so we want to plug each of us individually. So, all right, that is all the business out of the way. Let's get right to it with our 25 pick. And before I say that, I will mention that every pick today, except for one, is in somebody's top 10. So there's only mm. one pick today that didn't land at least in one person's top 10 and that would not be this first one because this first one got all the way up to number four for one individual so our number 25 pick on 52 percent of the list originated in a novel played by kathy bates mm. annie wilkes so originated in a novel more famous probably for the film what is your thoughts on this one dj uh this is this is good i think this is even good placement because there's a lot of stuff going on around now about how Get Out is not a comedy. And I always kind of always use Misery as an example because there's funny moments to this character. But, again, she's sadistic. And I didn't know what the hell hobbling was until this movie came out. And there's times where she's so entertainingly crazy, <laughs> I guess I want to say, where it's like this woman is out of her Fucking <laughs> but I, I I like her, and I mean Kathy Bates is uh, this is I think the first movie I had seen her in. I don't know if this is her. She must have done acting before this, but this is the first time I ever seen her. And just what she does with this character, where it is like you don't know what she's gonna do next. Uh, I'm I think, and I think where she's landing is a pretty good spot too. Dan, agree or or disagree with Kathy Bates being top twenty five material? I'm sorry, not Kathy Bates. Annie Wilson. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean. I guess by, her, her, by, by herself, Kathy Bates probably could, could. She's played some pretty vicious characters here and there. Uh, but no, it, yeah, I mean, when you're, your character is basically, you know, the, the main focus is legitimately inducing in torture on someone in, in such a matter-of-fact way in some instances where it's like it's – and it's a type of character that certainly has been uh, – copied in and homage on constant occasion but clearly done the best here so i definitely agree that she's deserving and it's a, it's a good character to kick off today's podcast with matt agree or disagree yeah uh, i like this one a lot um another stephen king representation which is even even better uh my opinion uh i, I 
it's funny because like my, my mother-in-law her favorite movie one of her favorite movies is misery i don't know why she's crazy I, I, it's careful like, I, it's careful. like i love misery it's like oh fuck this is I don't know about this this is this is what my wife might turn into one day i hope not uh, but, i mean it, it goes to show that you know it's like a horror movie at its kind of base almost like at least psychological horror. And she won the oscar for it too so she was good enough to win an oscar as well um but just even like like dj was saying like the thing of hobbling it's like it's hobbling it's like oh that's what's hobbling that's horrifying and i want to never have that happen to me hopefully at any point <laughs> uh, even though i guess in the book doesn't she cut off one of his feet as I opposed she, to like uh, hobbling right she I, yeah, cuts it off so it's like hobbling is even worse because you see it it's like breaking ankles is an awful thing and to more your point like she's entertaining she's entertaining so you're like oh she seems like a downright nice person until she starts with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Doing all the crazy stuff in the movie. So um, I, I love it. I think it's a great pick. And it's kind of one of those underrated uh, villains because you kind of like she's a wolf in sheep's clothing most of the film. And then uh, her true colors come out when she doesn't get what she wants. So, <laughs> um, Steve, what do you think of, of how we're kicking off today? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with, with everything everybody said already. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to number 24. Then this would be the pick that is the only pick today that did not appear in somebody's top 10. However, 10 people had this character in the top 40. So just the sheer number of people that had it in that top half is how it's getting in here at the number 24 spot. Also on 52% of the list. Um, just as a side note, there's only one character today that is not at least on 50% of the list. Um, so we are going to go to number 24, originating in a film from 1978, our first horror film representation for today, and that would be Michael Myers. So Michael Myers here at number 24, like I said, the only one that did not make it into somebody's top 10. Steve, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think of, of horror getting a representation pretty early today? Uh, this this is kind of one of those definitive uh, go-to Halloween. Um, uh, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, villains to kind of go to. I mean, it's it's you pretty much have this Freddy Krueger and uh, uh, Jason, and that's that's kind of the the triumvirate of of Halloween uh, horror films. So I mean, this this is kind of a good fit. DJ, you had mentioned earlier like a Mount Rushmore of horror film characters. Steve just mentioned Jason, who was our number 31 pick. And now we get Michael Myers at number 24. Were those two of the Mount Rushmore people? Yeah. Um, Matt, you can go ahead. Go ahead and say the line, Matt. Go ahead and say, say the line. I know you want There's to say There's so it. many of them. He's gone from here. The evil is gone. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think about Michael Myers is uh, – just the way that movie opens is so like I don't want to say ingenious, but you just don't see it coming when you just I guess spoiler alert. Uh, it's a little kid <laughs> who murders his own. It's just it, it starts off in such a that's his childhood, and he grows to be this creature. And I think in the script, like uh, I think I said in a previous uh, one of these shows, that he's only referred to as the shape 
You don't even there's a, a thing in the darkness that gets you. So he is the boogie. I mean, they call the boogeyman. And so Michael Myers and come on, you got to give him a little bit of credit for the simple fact that he's wearing William Shatner's face the entire time while he's doing it. So, yeah, I, I'm all into Michael Myers. Uh, the fact that his sequels has somehow diminished him. But I mean, you could pretty much say that from almost every horror guy. But the way the first Halloween works and sets up and it has the whole thing with Loomis, it's so good. Uh, so much so, I like the there's this movie called The Guest with uh, Dan Stevens, and it's essentially a remake of that movie, but if Michael Myers was Jason Bourne. So it's I, it, it still has influence today in what they're doing, and I think now Danny McBride's trying to remake it. Michael Myers is the one you go to. He's on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, Matt, we had said that, uh, or basically everybody had agreed that number 25, you know, Annie Wilkes was in a good position, a good spot for that one. Do you agree that Michael Myers is good at number 24 or should he be higher or lower? I like him where he's at right now. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of a weird thing because I guess in the, Car- John Carpenter's original idea, it was more like in the whole thing, it's a movie. It's like, he's evil. Like there's no like root to his evil. There's just an evilness to him. Of course, later on in the sequels, there's a curse and there's all this other occult Sam Hain bullshit that goes on with the Halloween movies, but I won't, I won't get into that. And it's kind of weird. Cause like when Rob Zombie took over and did his version of Michael Myers, there was like a reason for him being evil, like kind of sort of like he was kind of very serial killer, which kind of, in my opinion, diminished how scary he was because it's scary when there's no reason to a madness and that you don't really know why Michael Myers is killing people. Of course, if you think it's a curse, you're a silly person, and those movies don't really exist. But um, I think it's a good <laughs> spot. And you, after this, of course, you know the, the last horror person that's going to be coming after Michael Myers. But um, just for pure Leprechaun. iconography. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, in the hood. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but I think it's right there. I mean, this is a good spot for Michael Myers. He, he was definitely top 25 material. And anywhere within the top 25, I'm perfectly cool with him being there. Dan, something earlier that you had mentioned was that it was kind of funny the order that our horror villains were falling, and you thought uh, you kind of expected a little bit of a different order. What do you think of the last couple here? And is Michael Myers more deserving to be higher on this list than someone like Jason? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if Jason was higher than Michael Myers, he'd probably have to start over. And, like, no, we got to redo this. <laughs> And there's no way you, you can't let that it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and if the leprechaun or like I don't know, uh, ghost face or something like that ends up higher than we, I don't know, it's gonna, it's gonna be questionable. But uh, Warwick Davis would be so happy. This is a lie. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our number 23 pick. Our 23 pick actually gets all the way up to 60% of the list, 6-0. Um, he's the high, that's the highest out of the first half of the of today's episode, so nobody will get higher than that until we get to the second half. Um, so 60% of the list originating in a film from 1999, so just barely sneaking into the 1900s here, was on one person's number 10 pick, but that's as high as he got. We're talking about... Agent Smith from The mm. Matrix. Mr. Anderson. Run, Neo, run. So Agent Smith coming in at number 23. I was somewhat surprised at the number of people that, that did vote for him. Obviously, 60% of the lists he appeared on. And that was something I wasn't expecting until I started seeing the list roll in. And almost every single person had this character somewhere on the list. But he goes all the way from number 10 
to number 95 on people's list because three people had him in the 90s and then a few people had him in the in the top 20 um steve what do you think of the matrix being represented here with agent smith I, th- I think that's kind of fitting because he was kind of the the main face of the the villainy in the the Matrix films that that Neo had to go against. So I mean, I, I think that um, plus Hugo Weaving is pretty much that like staple. Like he was the Benedict Cumberbatch of the like the late '90s, early 2000s. <laughs> um, I like so that. like they used him for everything, literally, and then they used him again for Transformers, and then he was like, "I'm, I'm out, guys." I'm gonna enjoy watching you die, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what do you think of that? You didn't have uh, Agent Smith on your list, so is this too high for the character in your opinion? Yeah, I guess I, I think so. I guess it's hard. I think he's a good character, and Hugo Weaving's performance is pretty memorable. I mean, uh, just just the way he interacts with Neo uh, is is it's certainly iconic, and his story, I think, tech works more so than most of the actual uh, Matrix sequels for, for the most part, but I don't know, I guess considering some of the other villains that we, we, we talked about, like just because of my disdain for the, at least specifically the, the last Matrix sequel, I just didn't, I feel like his, his <laughs> him as a, he kind of goes off the rails a little bit, um, so I, I don't know, it seems a little high for me, to be honest. I wouldn't mind if he's in the top 100, but like this high compared to some of the other literary and movie characters we've talked about, I'm not sure about that. DJ, agree or disagree? Like Terminator, I would put higher than I would put (laughs) H. Smith. I I mean, the thing about the Matrix films, uh, the first one is, though it might be stolen, is genius, but they kind of, the whole franchise kind of drops off. But the one thing I think that's consistent about the franchise is Agent Smith is awesome. I mean, I like Agent Smith from the first movie to the third movie. Cookies need love like everything does. He's just so very diabolical to the point where I'm kind of I, I, I kind of feel bad for him. In the first movie, he wins. And then because of some kind of cybernetic Jesus, he even goes, <laughs> it's, it's not it's He's not fair. It's not. It's not fair. I won. I shot you fifteen times. Why? 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 So I, I, I sympathize with him, and he's Hugo Weaving. At least in the first. No, I think in all three of them, he's at least feels like he gives a shit. Once Fishburne stopped giving a shit after the first movie, and it's <laughs> written all over his face. Keanu, I can't read him. He's a sphinx. But everybody else, it seems like they quit. But Hugo Weaving is. I mean, he's just like he's relishing it. Where. He's like, yeah, you you were there, and I was here. He's he's so good. So I mean, I I had Agent Smith on my list because when years from now when we look at back at the Matrix, he's going to be the thing that I think stands the test of time because he's always awesome. I think this one kind of is is a good representation of what we talked about a little bit in the last episode. Where at this point in the countdown, I don't think it's questioning whether he's top one hundred worthy or not. I think it's just mm. about is he top twenty five worthy? Because I don't think most people would have a problem with him being on the list overall. Matt, what do you think is a good placement for him, though, among the top 100? Like, what episode should he have appeared in? I think earlier, I mean, I can't even remember if I put him on my list either, because I don't really, I mean, I have a hard time with a lot of these villains being so likable. But Hugo Weaving is villainous, diabolical, but at the end of the day, he's just like a program written 
in the Matrix. Like he's created by, if anything, the higher power above him. The architect is like the more the villain because he created these things. But then later on, he becomes like the virus that sneaks in and out of the Matrix. But you can't deny like his face, his facial expressions in the movie, his eyes is like really super over exaggerated evil look and everything so he he almost comes off as a little bit as like a mustache twirler a mm-hmm. little bit sometimes um so I, I think he's great i love hugo weaving like you said steve yeah he is like the benedict cumberbatch of the 90s um the 90s were so much better than they are than these days so <laughs> 90s <laughs> suck mickey Rourke said so <laughs> I, I think he said that, <laughs> i think one thing that may have benefited agent smith when we're talking about how high he he crept up here is not everybody's uh, a horror fil- film fan not everybody is um you know big up on shakespeare but um it's an actual horror it, it's well it's hard to have been someone in from our generation and not have seen the matrix Right. So mm-hmm. it's almost one of those characters that is just universally known by people, regardless of what genre you're kind of you lean towards or you stay away from or whatever. Like, I, it's hard to find someone that didn't see The Matrix. So I think that might have just the universal appeal or knowledge of who he is might have helped him because that's like I said. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 60% of the list. Much higher than those people that we've mentioned already today and much higher than, well, a little bit higher than the people that are coming up here in the next few picks. So maybe just a little bit of universal knowledge helping him kind of sneak up a few spots. Yeah. Let's go to our number 22 pick. And this is a character that originated after the year 2000. So we are going to get one, uh, I guess at least one so far modern character. I have heard his name bantied about, I think in the comment sections and, and you know, with people on social media a little bit thinking that he might show up and, and he is right here. We're talking about Anton Chigurh um, played by Javier Bardem um, and a, a very classic, uh, a modern classic, I guess, character, so to speak. Dan, what do you think of Anton Chigurh coming in here in the top 25? I mean, the haircut alone makes him at least top fifty character, and then that's villainous. When you add in the perform when you add in the performance, and one of the it's just such a memorable character in one of the best films of two thousands of the two thousands so far, and uh, just like his menacing behavior, the way he reacts and uses um, chance in a way. Uh, interact and just also it's always a great villain needs a great weapon and he has one and it's pretty lethal and uh yeah i've I've certainly i think you know it's i think a performance that i think put uh put harvier brown who's obviously an amazing actor i think on another pedestal and i think a villain that so many are always always compared to so it's it's hard to kind of break 
the mold with realms and villains at this point in time, but it certainly did that. Um, technically, now, if we're counting this towards one of our source materials, original source is from a novel, not a mm-hmm. film. Um, obviously, most known for the film by by the, most of us here is um, being played by Javier Bardem. What gets him onto this list, DJ? I mean, is this character played by a different actor not as effective? No, I, oh, I, I was, I was, there's a movie <laughs> that this came out called Sweet Virginia with John Bernthal. I forget the other actor, and John Bernthal was saying it's kind of like our No Country for Old Men because the character is, you know, this, this character shows up and he doesn't really have anything. Like, he doesn't fear anything. He almost doesn't even feel pain. We can see him in pain. But he doesn't like, you know, he gets the buckshot in his leg or whatnot, and he's he's doing. He's just an instrument of fate or chance or death. We don't even know exactly what his backstory is. I mean, other than the, the weird haircut, but uh, he, I, I, I think Shakur. I think you could cast somebody else in this role, but Harvey Bardem. I mean, I wouldn't want to cast anybody in this role because he's freaking amazing. And Shigur, the, the fact that like, what if Two Face was more realistic? <laughs> because he, with this with this coin thing, and you almost think he's doing it almost not for a code, but because it amuses him. It amuses him to play with these people's stupid picadillos and how they live their life. And uh, you know, you you ask me a question that I don't like, so I'm gonna decide the fate of your life with this coin toss because it amuses me. That is villainous. And I, I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie if you haven't seen No Country for Old Men. That code of his ends up. I mean, he doesn't even get to get his mark. He gets his mark's wife because he promised the mark after the mark was dead that he would kill his wife if he didn't help him. That's villainous. <laughs> he didn't have to. I mean, the mark is dead already. He's like, nah, I'm going to kill your wife even though you're dead because I told you what would happen <laughs> if you didn't follow my instructions. So, yeah, Shigur is – I think he might be low on here because he's, I think, this generation's kind of uh, lector in a terms of manipulation and diab- just the diabolical shit he pulls off. Matt, the question I was going to have for you is uh, six people had him in the top 20, but six people did not even have him in the top 50. They had him on the other side of the 50 mark. So where do you side with this one? Is it recency bias to get him this high? Or like DJ saying, is, is he deserving of this because of the impact on this generation? I think it's such like a – he became kind of like also like a pop cultural phenomenon in a way between the haircut, the look, the weapon, the weapons. I mean between that and the uh, silence shotgun. Yeah. I mean – you know, two two of the probably most iconic weapons I've seen in like movies in a really long time, and the Coen Brothers just kind of do a movie that they're not they they're able to do a movie like that, but you hadn't seen a movie like that and a character like that since like probably something they did like you no know, uh, Miller's Crossing or like Blood Simple or something Blood like Simple, that. So they yeah. they kind of just brought it all back around like 360 degrees to so like hey we're gonna make a movie like we did back in the day and. Uh, it could be revisionist history. I mean, it's like I don't see anybody else playing uh, Anton Chigurh besides Javier Bardem at this point. I mean, he just that that role is to not be touched, just as uh, Hannibal Lecter. Nobody else should play Hannibal Lecter besides <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. But of course, we got Hannibal Rising, but that's outside of our control <laughs> altogether. Um, but yeah, just everything about that character. He's like a he's, he's more than just like a person. He's like a force of nature at this point he's just he kind of comes into people's lives and just 
does what he wants to do because he wants to just do that and he and he has his own code and the thing about it he has a, his own code of ethics like the whole like you're saying dj it's like i'm gonna kill your wife you're dead but damn your wife's still alive i guess you better keep my promise to that so he's an <laughs> he's an honorable villain in a twisted kind of very crazy type of way as well too but murderous diabolical charming in some weird way if people like bull haircuts maybe i, I don't, I don't know no, man. Man. you know you, you know gets me off bull haircuts <laughs> steve uh, so far we've seen kathy bates hugo weaving and javier bardem as far as actors of some of these characters not that they're all you know some of these characters will be uh, appear as different people and have been portrayed multiple times but uh, is that a sign of, of things to come where we're going to get some some big name actors as far as the performances that we see for the rest of today on these villains Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, these these people that have portrayed these characters are are, are pretty much known for playing uh, some pretty dark, twisted characters anyway. Right. Uh, so the fact that they're already showing up uh, on the the top half of the episode uh, just bodes well for later. Absolutely. Let's see what we have here next with our number twenty one pick. This will be the only pick today that did not appear on at least 50% of the list. So the only character that did not appear in at least half of the list. So why are we talking about him? Because 20% of the list had him in the top 10. Him? Mm. It? Let's say it. Uh, 20% of them in the top 10. Let's go with... Let's see. We had Annie Wilkes. We had Agent Smith. We had Anton Chigurh. Let's keep that trend going with another A word. Alien. Or Xenomorph, mm. depending on how you want to say it. But the alien aliens from the Alien franchise, I guess we can group them as one, or you can pick a, a, the queen. I don't know how you want to do this, but uh, originated <laughs> in the 1979 film. DJ, this may bring up the argument here, too. Like, we talked about a little bit with Predator and some of the more, like, beast-like characters. How do you rank Alien when it comes to being a villain? It's, it's like a it's like a tornado is a villain it's, it's, I, I don't see i mean the xenomorph is one of the most scariest if you're talking about scariest things the scariest film villains of all time and the fact that it is until like the later movies almost impossible to get rid of this fucking thing or even if you shoot him he's killing you because <laughs> the inside of him is acid it's just like but villainous ah I don't. I mean, like if I, if you take a recent Alien Covenant, David is more villainous than the Xenomorph is villainous because he's doing this to people knowing. I think the Xenomorph is again just trying to survive, even more so than the Predator. Predator's a hunter; he's making the choice. I think the Xenomorph is just trying. It's like a it's like a bee. It's just, you know, even if it's the Queen, it's reproduce, find stuff for the Queen. I don't think if I was going to put this on the list. If I had to be, I I wouldn't have it this high. But, I mean, again, in terms of nightmare fuel, yes, Xenomorph needs to be on this list because it's scary as shit. It doesn't have a face. I mean, H.R. Geiger essentially is making a penis attack you. It's it's, it's, (laughs) – it's it visually visually, – stylistically, really Scott and and Geiger, they've created – what is in your nightmare so i can understand it there but in terms of you know manipulation or calculation and all that stuff it doesn't really do that it's just a, it's just an animal trying to survive and feed on you and reproduce so uh, that lowers it for me personally dan uh, agree or disagree 
I, I disagree. I don't think they're like bees. They're like hornets, which are dicks. And they, <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. I agree with that. <laughs> you know, they don't. You know, bees do do benefit. You know, benefit the earth. Hornets right. don't do anything. Xenomorphs <laughs> don't help anyone out. Like they, and they do have some impressive tactics, especially when you see in aliens where they certainly use their numbers to their advantage. Or kind of like, you know, the raptors, intelligent of the raptors type of. Right. Uh, type of characters and i think they're just the best character design of any type of monster ever bar none period um the impossibility of killing them and just the tension of that type of character can build i mean just think about how it's born it's like in the fact that you know legitimately is bursting out of people's chests like that like that that concept itself is insane so i yeah maybe they're not necessarily uh you know evil plotting or they're um have or fully sentient beings in that sense, but they are basically a parasite in, in a way that are just looking to breed. And some, some, you know, you could probably make comparisons to something like the um, some of the other characters, like the Borg or something like that, but n- not on a technical standpoint. So I, I do think they're they're effective in that well, in in, in that end, um, in, in the way that they will basically, you know, they do they they do fight for survival, but I think they're also a sense where they look for domination as well and to basically affect an area and take it over because they go beyond that um, in certain instances. So the, the, their ultimate killing machine. Yeah, and, and that scene, that first time where you, in the first movie where you see one of them burst out of the the human chest, it's got to be one of the most impacting scenes on a, on a child because I was just, I don't know, terrified by that scene and I never wanted to see anybody <laughs> give birth again. Um, <laughs> Steve, what do you think about this whole discussion about surrounding maybe the alien, the predator, somewhat similarities to maybe the Borg? Are these types of characters um, worthy of being mentioned on this list, even if maybe some of them are more hunters or more survivors and not necessarily necessarily strate- you know, stra- strategically trying to do something villainous? Uh, I, I think so, but I, I also kind of agree more so with, with Dan's statement of, you know, that they're just a, a creature and, and the fact that they're pretty much useless other, you know, basically like a hornet. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're just, I... Uh, they're pretty much just a creature. I mean, you, you get something intelligent like the Predator where it's it's actually... Uh, its goal is to be a dick and hunt things down, and and the alien is just being a dick to reproduce. So it's, it, I, I think they're kind of to- two totally different beasts there. I mean, it, looking at the Borg, even I mean they're they're doing it to uh, increase knowledge. It's not as you know they're they're about the same as as hornets as well. I mean you get stung by them and then they they just keep coming back, but. Um, but there's still an intelligence driving behind it, whereas the alien, there's not. I mean, I still think it deserves a spot on the list because of its iconic uh, nature and, and uh, horror and, and pop culture. But uh, I think that they're, I think that they're just total dicks. That's all. <laughs> Matt, did you ever expect to have uh, so much conversation surrounding bees, hornets, and other flying insects uh, during? The no, I totally, no, I totally. I totally. I thought we were going to bring up some other stuff too, like. Yellow jackets and a bunch of other shit that stings and like bites you. It's like fuck all these insects. <clears throat> but 
I mean, I, I love a, a rousing conversation about insects, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, it's like you think about the xenomorph. It's like it's still a creation by another power. And it kind of brings into like you know the Agent Smith thing again, where it's kind of like what's worse, the thing that was created or the thing that was it was created by. And in this way, it's like the space jockeys and everything like that. But yeah, to Dan's point, it's like yeah, they are assholes who just want to like reproduce and kill. But I mean. Who knows how their intelligence would like? I don't know. In terms of like, they're on a planet and humans are going around colonizing and shit like that. They're like, get the fuck off my planet, man. It's like, <laughs> I was here, kind of. I was dropped off. But, um, you know, it's like, yeah, but at the same time, it's still a killing machine that isn't, it's incapable of any type of remorse or anything. It's like, I'm just going to either uh, burst through your chest or uh, squeeze your face or drop acid on you. Drop acid, no, drop an acid. I just drop an acid watch an alien. That'd be cool. Um. <laughs> for the record, there there was um, some votes placed for David um, from the Alien franchise, so he did receive. He was amongst the vote getters. Um, and also tune in um, for our next top 100 list when we talk about top 100 most villainous insects. Um, so that mosquitoes will be coming mosquitoes. your way. <laughs> so let's go to our number 20 pick. So from here on out, our, we're going to do our top 20. And I don't know, maybe some people would have been under the impression that we've already talked about everybody from this creator, but uh, let's say the name J.R.R. Tolkien one more Ooh. time. Number 20, appearing in 56% of the list. Anybody know which villains left from The Lord of the Rings? The Hobbit movies? <laughs> Not the <laughs> Hobbit movies in general. But, 60 uh, frames per second. We're going to go ahead with Sauron. Um, so we've had Saruman. And we had Gollum. Now we're on to Sauron. Um, DJ, what do you think? And did we get that in the right order? Uh, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm more. I, I lean more toward Gollum because of the the depth of that character. Sauron, I, I, in terms of how, how the fact that everyone on the on Middle Earth is a, a, their whole everyone's mission is to avoid Sauron. So if, if you're gonna take that into account, then yes, he deserves to be above them. But I mean, it's not really. We don't know much about Sauron other than he's evil as shit. <laughs> I mean, I almost put Smog above Sauron just because I know more about him. It's just like Sauron is this this entity that's going to wipe out all of Middle Earth whenever he comes back. Though he gets defeated by a guy with a broken sword pretty easily, so I don't know <laughs> where do I where do I level him in terms of a threat. He's super powerful, but he really doesn't. His depth perception is a little bit off, but no, I I I understand. I mean, I think in the they talk more about the his evilness in the books more than the movies because essentially we're we got to stop Sauron, we got to go to the mountain to make sure Sauron doesn't come back, and oh my God, it's a necromancer, he's Sauron. It, it, it's he's always around, he's the all-seeing eye essentially. Uh, so I kind of understand being ahead, but again, for me personally, I don't think there's as much depth to him as there is to somebody like Golem or even Sauron. Dan, is there a chance that some people on the list didn't know the difference between Saruman and Sauron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I, I did. I, I, I could certainly see that because I, I kind of agree with with DJ. Like, he is less of a character and more of the threat of annihilation or the apocalypse. Basically, it's not. Again, speaking as someone who never read a, a the Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings book, you know, in, in the film itself, it, there's not much there as a character per se. I mean, it's the thing you're supposed to be scared of, and yeah, it's cool design and whatnot, but 
I think it's way too high. Uh, I, I could see, you know, making an uh, argument for a top 100, but as has been mentioned, like Gollum, I find is a much more interesting character, and and it's even you know Sauron uh, as well. Though I don't know, like it, yeah, this just seems way too high for me. For the record, we are simply reporting the results and reacting to the results. So please, when you're making your comments, don't ignore the fact that some of us have said for some of these characters that we disagree and some have agreed. I mean, but but there's both sides of the coin. Steve, what do you think? Sauron deserving of being in top 25? Uh, definitely not top 25. Right. But um, I, I do think that he's he's pertinent enough for. Uh, see, I don't I don't know. I, I like him. And I, in the sense that he's supposed to be this this all powerful, and he has this giant army. Yet it took a band of you know <laughs> a fellowship of a ring to uh, take him out. Uh, and the fact that a dude with a broken sword sliced off his finger because he pointed in the wrong direction. Right. Um, so he, that's what you get for not having good armor, good quality <laughs> elven armor. Um, you know, they, they, they didn't go for the jugular. No, we cut his finger off. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous in that sense when, when you break down the fact that he lost all of his power because he put it in a ring, which he wore on his finger outside of his armor. And <laughs> Keep that in better safekeeping here. Does he benefit from yeah. being, what I guess, the the biggest of the bad people in the Lord of the Rings? Like, if people were trying to vote for just one Lord of the Rings characters, did they automatically just go for him because he's, like, the the main person that is, is causing the problems throughout this film, even if I, maybe Saruman or Gollum might have been more better characters, I guess? I, I think it's because he's that kind of lingering evil that's behind the evil and, and in that essence, and, and I think that that's why he more so got where he 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 landed but um I, I do think that Gollum is much more of a a fleshed out character than any villain in Lord of the Rings um but uh yeah I mean I, I think that it's just being able to put a uh a name to in a, in a kind of a an eye to the evil that's surrounding everything yeah. As opposed to, oh, we're just being uh, chased by armies of orcs for no reason entirely. Right, right. <laughs> this will be interesting. I'm interested to see what the listeners and you know reactions are going to be to some of the ones that have uh, fallen so far, because quite a few of you have disagreed with their worthiness of being top 25. Um, also, I had said that he was on 56% of the list. I'm not going to read any of the percents for about seven characters, because the next seven are all either 52 or 56% of the list. So I'm not going to be redundant with that, but let's go to our number 19 pick, which uh, originated in a novel, maybe more known for a film. Um, but the novel came out in 1962. I'm going to need you guys to defend this one for me because unless I need to rewatch the film, I and I know this is the it popped up on a ton of lists when I was doing research. We've already had comments on the, the website as far as if this character would show up or not. And I need to rewatch the film, I guess, because I don't view her as a villain. I view her as an antagonist, maybe. But um, I think you guys are going to disagree and, and, and maybe defend the placement of this one. But at number 19, we have Nurse Ratchet, um, played by Louise Fletcher, obviously, in the film. Dan, you had her high, fairly high. Um, what, what makes her a villain as opposed to an antagonist? Well, I mean, she's, she's certainly antagonizing, but I think what makes her a villain is... Her, the way that she's she's treating 
individuals um, and kind of using her power to manipulate and control. And does that make her a villain? I, like, or it's a not. Bitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say a villain. I mean, okay. you're, I, when you're legitimately, I mean, considering the, the the ramifications of her actions and what it leads people to do, like you're you're talking about, you know, basically taking the weak of the weak and manipulate them and, and and getting away with it because you can. I mean, that's that's pretty evil. I mean, when you you, you talk about you know, um, you know, consider it like if you were to expand this, it's something as similar as like a teacher or some sort of professor manipulating their students and that, but their students can't leave and and they're stuck there. So, and you know, she's not necessarily doing it in a way where she's yelling and screaming. She's not torturing people, but psychologically she's destroying individuals, which is far more damaging in a way, maybe less, not physically painful. So I certainly think um, that's what makes her such a memorable character and the way that she, um, you know, it, 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 in what she also represents on more of a meta standpoint in, in the viewpoint of of mental uh, health care at that time certainly is, is, is also part of what makes her such an important character as yeah. well. And I think a lot of people obviously will be happy because a lot of people were hoping that she would show up here in the top 25. Um, also, the second female so far today, Annie Wilkes and Nurse Ratchet. DJ, um, what do you think of the placement here? Uh, I agree. I mean, the thing about Nurse Ratchet that I always thought was villainous is uh, I think Dan's hitting on is, is that Nurse Ratchet, there's Nurse Ratchets that exist in this world, many, <laughs> that do these things, that, you know, use their power to manipulate and uh, harm when their sole reason, their sole job is to help. They're doing the complete opposite of that for power. I mean, if that's not villainous, I mean, it's presidential material, but it's not, it's got, it's got to be up there in terms of villainy. So I. I... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, and when it comes to Nurse Ratchet, when it comes to Cuckoo's Nest, it, it, for you to, you know, have Jack Nicholson on his heels. <laughs> you, you, you're, a, you're a villain, I think. So, yeah, I, I agree with her being on this list. I guess I need to rewatch it because I always viewed her more as um, not independently doing some of the things that she was doing. I always viewed her more as uh, following the commands or the instructions of the institution or the powers that be that were that were running the place but maybe that's she wrong. was just following orders is that what we were saying yeah oh, which, which I'm not saying, just some other people that were following orders following orders <laughs> right no no but i'm saying that doesn't make her less villainous necessarily but it makes like the people in charge to me even more villainous and so it was hard for me to to pick her out 
as opposed to maybe the whole organization, so to speak, and, and like the whole institution, I guess. But um, like I said, I've only seen the film one time, and, and I need to watch it again. Matt, what do you think of the, of the whole thing? I think I think we're hitting on some big points here with some, a lot of these villains. Is like uh, how are, like all these people are like a products of the environment that they live in, and that's why they become villains. So what's more villainous? But at the same time, it's like. I think what makes her a villain, though, in this way, is that her actions lead to the death of beloved characters in a film. So, it's like, we all know what happens to Jack Nicholson, um, and we know what happens to what was it, uh, Billy, uh, the guy that kills himself right. due to her like doing what she did. So, I think that's what really gets under people's skin that she was a direct result of these people having horrible fates befall them at the very end. And then to Dan's point and to DJ's point, like is taking, taking uh, advantage of the meek and people who can't help themselves and doing things like that. And maybe not doing it in a, you think you're doing it in a malicious way. You're like you said, Kev, you're following orders and things <laughs> like that, but there still has to be a, a hint of empathy. Yeah. still despicable. And there isn't a lot of empathy you see throughout her, except when she's getting almost choked out by Jack. <laughs> and then at, at that, at, at that end, she's maybe like, Oh fuck! Maybe I shouldn't be such a bitch. Uh, I don't know, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's still because her actions are pretty notorious in the film, and it's sad. It's sad and it's depressing <laughs> for sure. So uh, yeah, interesting to see if people think we're getting them in the right order so far or not. Um, and uh, interesting here on this next one because I think there will be a debate on which one deserved a higher spot. And this was again one of the most pain in the butts parts of my job here in compiling all this data here at number 18 because we're going to have another character from the terminator franchise and uh it's funny because every single list had the word terminator on it so everybody that contributed had at least the word terminator and trying to track down which terminator version ended up with one of them in last week's episode and one of them in this week's episode so i guess if we would have just like did terminator in general it would probably be number one overall because we had the t1000 at the 39th spot and now we have the t800 in the 18th spot so a lot of love for both versions, I guess, of the villains from the Terminator films. Dan, did we get that in the right order, or what do you make of kind of the, the split between the two? I think so. It's, I guess it also depends on what you're, how you're rating it when it comes to villains. If you're looking at what, what one's probably uh, more dangerous or harder to kill, you, you know, the T-1000 certainly has that ability to morph and things of that nature that makes it like a upgrade but i feel i don't know I, I always felt when it maybe because i watched the first terminator as a kid at first and just the arnold just has that the, the physical presence he had in that film and the image of him crawling in this metal like an exoskeleton or not exoskeleton but skeleton i thought that was just so effective um it just it's you know that that villain that you can't kill or, or manipulate in any way and it helps when you have michael bean kind of explain just the dangers of that character so i i, I they're very similar obviously because they're the same design but i i, I don't know i i guess it's more of a personal preference really because i think there's not that much difference between one and the other outside of the design of the character but uh, for me i always enjoyed the t100 more so a lot of people picked one or the other and just put them on the list. We did have a few people that ended up actually putting both on the list at different spots. Steve, we had uh, 10 people that ranked 
T800 in the top 30. So do you think this is a, a good spot for the T800? I mean, we've had a few characters so far today where people have questioned whether they're top 25 worthy or not. Is this one for sure top 25 worthy? I think so. I mean, it's it's still one of the iconic, um, even though it started off as a uh, villain and kind of turned into a like a, a anti-hero in a sense, um, and numerous bad sequels. Um, but I, I definitely think that this this has a place on on the list, especially higher than the T one thousand, with it being uh, Arnold and, and just the way that it, that first film kind of came out. It, it was. It was dark. It was freaky. You had, um, you had the fact that the robot still wouldn't die and had to go through a garbage compactor to kill it, <laughs> um, and it still was trying to reach through. So I mean, it's 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 a pretty unkillable machine. So, DJ, do you think it'll be split and half the people thinking that one should be higher and half the people thinking that the other should be higher? I, I don't think so. I think this is fine. I think this is fine to be above because it's one, it's the originator, and I mean, uh, in terms of collateral damage, the T eight hundred just slaughters a police station. Yeah, like uh, the the T one thousand. No matter more, what movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's more T one thousand is more selective in his killing. He doesn't just randomly kill everybody. T eight hundred doesn't have time for that. He just kills. He walks out of a police station and then drives a car through the window and kills a guy and then mows down everybody else. He kill. He goes door to door to shooting people. He <laughs> buys guns. He murders the gun salesman. He's he's killed more. I think T one thousand is probably more dangerous. But I think the T eight hundred when we first saw him, he, I mean, fuck you, asshole. He's a soul. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like, like what is what does Michael Bean say? He, he 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 absolutely will not stop until you are dead. I mean that that I, I the fact that he is taken out by Sarah Connor in this press, it, it, it he scares you. T one thousand is. It, I never, he never really scared me. He, he's a great villain, but he never really scared me. T-800 is frightening, man, because he just <laughs> keeps coming. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so we'll have to wait and see what people think that with the placement of the T-1000, T-800, or um, the Terminator franchise overall and, and the double representation there. But let's move on to our number 17 pick, also the first pick that's going to be uh, 1,000 points or more, which means the equivalent of being 10 people's number one pick so a thousand points or above from here on out i like this one too because i get to name a um a creator and then let's see what you guys think of as far as which character it's going to be 20 percent of people had this in the top 10 actually the creator would be george lucas mm. the vader character at number 17 is <laughs> the time has come Execute Order 66. Emperor Palpatine. Oh. Emperor Palpatine Ooh. at number 17, 56%, 20% of people in the top 10. We've been a long time since we had a Star Wars character back in episode the first episode of this. <laughs> episode 1. <laughs> episode 1. Yeah. Dun, 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 no pun intended, Darth Maul. Um, DJ, what do you think of Emperor Palpatine showing up here in the top 20? No, you will die. Uh, Stop it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Absolute power. Absolute power. You um, don't know the do power it. of the do dark it. side. 
we can just sit here and just do Palpatine all day because and it's funny these, because, these impressions are villainous right <laughs> and it's funny because he has speaking of a character like Sauron that doesn't really show up he kind of doesn't show up until I mean original trilogy the last movie I mean he does a little cameo when like Empire Strikes right. Back but he doesn't really show up until the, in the last Return of the Jedi and he's so sinister i mean if you watch that movie again his window is shaped like a spider's web okay mm-hmm. it, look at it it's shaped like a spider's web because yep. he's he's so t- he's just and he's he, oh yeah i'm afraid the death star will be quite <laughs> operation he's just so like playing with luke he wants everything to happen and if he's using the rule of two he killed his master he just, just so he can learn the secret to bring back people from the dead I mean, he and the thing about Palpatine is, I think he thinks what he's doing is right. That that's, conviction is a diff, it, it, is scary enough. Where he's no, he's not really mustache throwing that I want to be evil. He's like, look, man, if you break down the that conversation, the one thing that's good about the prequels is that conversation he has with Anakin at the opera, where he is, and it's better than the book. I, I have read that book. And he's essentially breaking down all of the uh, fallacies and logic loopholes that the, the Jedi have. And once you start reading it or listening to it, you're just like, you know what? You're right, Palpatine, Sheev, whatever the hell your name is. You're <laughs> right. I think I, think I believe he's, he's so good. He's so good. And to this day, everybody's like, maybe Snoke's Palpatine. Maybe Ray Snoke's it. Because everybody wants Palpatine back because he's pro- he is so diabolical and i i love him and i mean ian mcdermott i don't know why this guy i've seen him i mean i think he must be just a play guy because i've seen him in this and i've seen him in a tv show i watched from the uk and that's it i don't need a sleepy hollow i guess but that's all i see him and he's so fucking good i don't understand speaking of names i did have about five different names submitted for palpatine um including emperor senator just his first name etc um matt <laughs> We had our last Star Wars pick came in at number 99. So we went from 99 up to 17. Are you surprised that there was that big of a gap and we didn't see more Star Wars characters? I'm I'm not really surprised because, I mean, think of Darth Maul. He's like the blunt instrument. Not really a lot of history unless you kind of go into like uh, uh, Rebels and Clone Wars and some of the other stuff. But uh, this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of Star Wars villains because I'm sure we'll still see another one down the uh, – the countdown at some point soon, but um, yeah, I mean, he's the ultimate Sith. He's the Sith who deals in absolutes, and uh, people who are villainous deal in absolutes. They see in black and white. It's like, I'm right, you're wrong. What I'm doing is right, and uh, I'm just going to kill you with my force lightning right now if I want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it it's fun. It's like seeing him even in the prequels. I mean, the prequels aren't very good at all, um, but still seeing his like a journey from low level guy who of course was already a Sith guy, but you don't know that, but he goes from this little guy manipulating everything. So he manipulates people throughout the course of like, you know, 20 something years. So uh, that's some good long-term villainy going on right there. And uh, it's a, it's a long lasting character. He's uh, with his hood and everything like that. And he just has that look. It's like, he's like Skeletor, but he can whoop Skeletor's ass. There's there's definitely, uh, I think, 
points, villainous points when you can shoot the lightning out of your hands. Um, that's just right. good for any villain to be able to do that. <laughs> of course. Um, Steve, you know, we had Darth Maul back in 99. Were, was there any thoughts that we might get like a, uh, I don't know, a Jabba the Hutt or a Count Dooku or a General Grievous no. or, or, or some of the, I know some people talked about maybe some of the book characters or some of the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Any thought that we would see any of those or are you this kind of following the scheme that you would think Palpatine would come up well, next? Well, I, I, I won. I, I was rooting for Palpatine to come up next um, because, one, I've, I've always loved the character from Return of the Jedi before all the prequel stuff yeah. came out. Um, <laughs> he, he was he was always he was always my favorite uh, villain just because of his um, his sarcasm at the end and, and the fact that he had that kind of um, dark Willy Wonka humor. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean. Good day, sir. I think you know, he's like, oh no, wait, don't stop. You know, just that kind of that kind of uh, portrayal. I mean, that's that's kind of what I got from Palpatine. And then the fact that uh, I went as him for Halloween for about four or five years um, and scared the crap out of people. It was awesome. Uh, I just sat on a special chair on my 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 porch and handed out candy on Halloween and and looked like Palpatine statue. And then I I jumped out at them and. Your candy is unlimited power. <laughs> and then, unlimited um, power. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I I, I kind of thought he was going to come up next, and, and and the fact that he's playing the long game in in the Star Wars uh, universe uh, just speaks volumes of his his darkness that that he's uh, he he's been planning this for a long time, and everything's working out according to plan, except for those accursed rebels. Um, <laughs> so he's like the the anti Batman for the Star Wars universe. There we go. <laughs> Dan, he, he goes in the cloak at night, and then he's he's you know mild mannered Senator Palpatine during the day. <laughs> Dan, final thoughts on Emperor Palpatine? You know, you you've not that we haven't agreed with you on most of these, but you've brought up a couple times where you thought maybe somebody wasn't top twenty five worthy. Um, where do you think, as far as Palpatine, is he top twenty five worthy? I don't. I don't know. Like, I th- there's been a lot, a lot of good points regarding the character. Certainly, is menacing, and I just when, when I'm looking at just the the scope of just villains in general, considering some of them have not come up yet, I don't know if I I feel like he's that dynamic of a character that makes to uh, some. Some of the ones we talked about today, I don't know. Like I, I think he's great for what he does, but I feel like he's always just again more. I, putting the the prequels aside, he, he never kind of he was never a character. Where I'm like, oh wow, that's a complex character with a lot of layers to him. He just kind of you know he's the evil emperor, um, similar to, to some of the characters we talked about. So I don't know. Like I'm not against him being being in the top like 50 or so, but. If say like there are certain characters that don't make this list over him, I like for example, I think there are better and more interesting Star Wars villains than he than him. I don't know. I I'm not a, I'm at a loss for words honestly because I, I he he's got he's got a lot of great qualities and stuff like that, but I never he never truly interests me as a character. Like I like I, I just thought he was just the guy that's like he's like the end fast lava. <sighs> bottle oh, man he's the <laughs> end boss battle and uh, of a character and he's really just there to push luke to the edge and uh, a character to kind of drive darth vader but 
Speaking of the edge, I'm going to do my best to talk you off of it um, because uh, for the remainder of the, we have 16 uh, characters still to reveal. There's only one of them that was not on your list. So I think we're going to get you back in our good graces here with some of the reveals (laughs) coming forward here. So um, let's move on to our number 16 pick originating in the 1974 novel. Again, probably more known for the film that he was in. He, I guess we can call it. He He has a, he has a, a name. Bruce, I believe is his name. Let's go with Jaws. Jaws coming in here at number 16. Let's renew the argument or the lack of argument or the the debate here about, you know, creatures, animals, villain, not villain. We've heard why it doesn't make Predator or Alien or some of those characters villains. Why does it work for Jaws, DJ? I don't know if it does. <laughs> I mean, in terms of scaring me, Jaws scared the shit out of me. I mean, the, the, that that commercial about, I mean, you guys are probably young. You don't remember the commercial where he goes, it's not safe to go back in the water, all that stuff. That was true for me for a very long time. I didn't go to the beach. I didn't go into swimming pools. I, 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 I was scared of my toilet. I had a blue carpet in my living room. I didn't want to go in there. made me scared Any, of toilet. Anything with water or look like water f- f- scared me. Because Jaws is a real thing. There is great white sharks out there. It's not like some crazy xenomorph penis monster or a intergalactic <laughs> hunting monster. There is great white sharks. And the way Jaws acts in the movie, he is kind of calculating. <laughs> I mean, and in terms of, you know, child murder, I mean, chalking up for Bruce. Uh, <laughs> the fact that they're trying to catch him and he's essentially testing their defenses, which you could say the xenomorph also does. Uh, uh, it, it makes him kind of cackle, but again, is he just trying to survive? Is he doing what a shark would do? No, maybe because I think I think uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Shaw uh, Quint. He essentially says, "I've never seen it. I've never seen a shark do this before." You know, so stuff like that makes me think he's more got something upstairs. But this is a I, I'm kind of on the fence of putting all these beasts beasts up there. But I can't really argue because Jaws scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no teeth. <laughs> he was on 56% of the list, and the only reason I bring that up is to also bring up the fact that 48% of the list had him in the top 50. So mm. most people that voted for him had him in the top 50. Almost half of the contributors had him in the top 50. Dan, where do you sit on this debate when it comes to more of the beast, animals, uh, monster, that type of, of faction? Yeah, I was on the xenomorph uh, side, so I, I guess I would in, in default have to be on, on the shark, shark side <laughs> as well. Uh, and I think it's a little bit more than, uh, like you mentioned, a little bit more than just normal shark behavior. There's there's something to it, especially if you uh, please don't count sequels where legitimately you have a shark that goes out for revenge because that's a thing that happens. So <laughs> the curse of Bruce, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I and I think you know. If a villain can be menacing, it's it's hard to be Jaws. I mean, he certainly is extremely scary, and it's just an, a beast where you just don't know how to defeat it. Like you're you're going into its territory, and you you know you're you're kind of a, a pawn in its game. Um, so I think that that's quite quite effective, and it it also works because you don't see much of him. Like it, it by you know. Um, Due to much of the issues that were at the time, you know, through luck, we Spielberg had to kind of use what he had, and I think that ended up making him that much more of an impressive villain because they he was used so sparingly, and when you did see him, it was effective. Although Back to the Future would argue he still looks fake. 
Shark still looks fake. I still think, you know. <laughs> for the animatronics, um, so, and not to mention, he also had the biggest, like, one of the biggest rides of, of all time until it was finally taken down because Harry Potter needed more, more room. But, uh, we had yeah, him. I think he's certainly deserving because he's one of the, the it's the movie that caused, for a lot of these villains we talked about, Star Wars, for example, who knows if there's Star Wars if there's not Jaws, so. Yeah. Um, interesting too. We had this one in one of our Facebook matchups early on. We had the Jaws and Moby Dick comparison, so maybe we can renew that conversation. Matt or Steve, any last thoughts on Jaws before we move on to our next character? Um, I just had a trepidation putting uh, animals, uh, but to, to your guys' point, I mean, yeah, it's like who knows if the shark is a super shark? Maybe this is the prequel to Deep Blue Sea that we always wanted. No, we don't really know. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's, he's a smart shark. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where I just have a hard time putting animals. On. I mean, next thing, you know, if, are we going to put the bear from the Revenant in there because he ripped off you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Leo's dick or something like that? It's like, oh well, the bear is a villain. He ripped his wiener off. He can't have baby Leos around anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things, things where I didn't think would come up today. Exactly. I, I was thinking about that. I'm a smart shark too. <laughs> but it, it, it's like I think there's also like a thing about what are you scared of versus what do you what's villainous in my opinion. It's like I think people are scared of Jaws for very good reason you should be scared of great white sharks they are real they will kill you if you go into territory but in terms of villainy i just don't see it fear yes villainy not so much all right so uh, interesting to see what people's reaction are on that debate with the animals and beast characters monsters so to speak that means we are up to our top 15 less and less spots available for those characters that you've been waiting for to show up on Steve, question for you here before we reveal number 15. What have we not had today so far? Comic books. All right, let's fix that here with our number 15 pick. We're going to the world of comic books for a character known as Magneto. Your old buddy doesn't let the grass grow under his feet. He's challenging me. He'll hurt those workers just to get at me. Jubilee, you stay here and look after Sabretooth. My favorite job. Be careful. Even though he's shackled, he could still be dangerous. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now we must face the master of magnetism. Yes, sir. You see, Senator Kelly, like you, I believe that mutants and normal humans cannot live together in peace. The war for survival must begin now, while we mutants are strong and you are still divided. No, please! 
women and children. Each night I swore to myself, never again. But we must prevail. Goodbye, Senator. Mutant liberation begins. Magneto at number fifteen. Even though I have it written down as Magento, I don't know. So, like two people, two people. <laughs> I am Magento, brother. <laughs> That's how two people submitted it. I'm sorry, two people Fear put Magento. Magento. I counted the Magento. Archie's comics version. <laughs> I counted the Magento votes as Magneto. So I, 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 unless there's a Magento out there that I don't know about, I thought that they probably meant Magneto. All the way. It up wasn't at, me. <laughs> all the way up at number Magento. two for two different people here. What? We'll start with one of them. Dan, what do you think of Magneto here ending up at number 15? I 100% think he's the greatest villain when it comes to comic books because, I, like like I mentioned in the first episode, I, I find villains much more interesting when there's legitimacy in what they're trying to accomplish. It gets a little bit co complex when you talk about Magneto because he certainly has moments when he is not a villain and he's leading the X-Men and he, he's a character that does go back and forth. But at, at at his heart, it, I, I certainly think he would qualify as a villain. And specifically, if you look at like the relationship between him and Charles Xavier and how he's willing to do the things that Xavier isn't and able to go about things in a way that's more forceful and breaking the rules and kind of putting others in danger because of the survival of his race and in the survival of his people. And he has a lot of legitimacy in that claim because he's seen what happened when people didn't act and didn't re allow things to happen and just hope the system would fix it. Uh, so I, I always find him such as this interesting character um, that certainly represents a lot and kind of it, it, you, he has moments where he does go completely crazy and does go off the wall, like especially in the, uh, the new X-Men line where he has this crazy relationship with Zorin and I won't want to get into it because it's hard to explain. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I always found him like the reason I, I like the X-Men is because they often have characters. They have someone like Apocalypse who's pretty, pretty straightforward, but Magneto there was an interesting relationship there and it wasn't just this guy's bad, this guy's good. It was a little bit more to it than that. There, You had to have, he brought up points that were legitimate. You couldn't just dismiss things he was saying, which makes him, to me, a more compelling villain um, where maybe he's not as more, maybe he has limitations and how evil he will be and maybe uh, the fact that he doesn't necessarily always side with, with he'll, he'll fight on the good in on more more than one occasion may limit him what he lacks for and straight up like um, willingness to kind of become uh, evil he makes up for and what he represents and the stories you can tell around him Steve it sounds, sounds like you might disagree so I'll let you go next um, I mean yeah he's a he's a really strong villain and he's probably one of the strongest more fleshed out characters in the X-Men universe uh, however, more often than not, especially in certain aspects of of the uh, uh, whether it be comics or or animation or film, he's kind of more of an anti-hero than an actual villain anymore. And, and I know that that's adding a lot of gray area to him. And I know that he's he's kind of a villain, but from his perspective, like he's kind of justified in his some of his attacks of mankind because of what he's gone through between uh the concentration camps of world war ii and and everything else that's that's happened to him throughout his life so i mean 
I, I mean, I definitely think he's deserving of the top 100 list, but uh, just because of his iconic nature and the fact that he's been a villain throughout it. But uh, uh, I, I don't know necessarily if he's totally a villain at this point. Interesting, interesting take here. 52% of people had him in the top 40. 52% of all lists had him in the top 40. DJ, what do you think of Magneto here at number 15? I think I think because I'm a demented person, I'd never look at Magneto as a villain. <laughs> because he's. I've always seen him as reactionary. I mean, he was in Auschwitz, for Christ's sake. So anything after that point that he does to anybody else, I don't see as a villainous act. I almost see it as revenge and sometimes through survival of uh, Dan was saying his race, he's pre- he's reactionary and prevent- uh, preemptive. I mean, he, he rips out Wolverine's at Manium after Wolverine attacks. I mean, like everything he seems to do that I remember, it's always to because it was either somebody's attacking him or he's trying to prevent an attack. I don't see him mustache twirling. I got to rob a bank or I've got to, you know, I, I just see him as this guy who has been wronged his entire fucking life <laughs> by everyone so he's tired of it man so he's he's trying to so I, I mean on paper the stuff that he does is bad but he has such good reasons to do it even in x-men first class in that scene at the very end of the movie i don't know anybody who's not rooting for magneto in that part where he's pushing a quarter to a man's brain <laughs> I don't know who's not rooting for him after he squishes the head of two soldiers after they shot his mother. I, I mean, that, that, that makes me kind of go away from the villainy. But again, I'm in the minority in the situation. I know many people that watch the X-Men cartoon. Oh, he's a bad guy. You know, he's trying to take over. I just see him more as a man. And I think Fastbender and even in the X-Men Apocalypse kind of, even though I'm not a big fan of that movie, nailed it for me where he, after... Certain things happen to his family. I won't spoil that kind of marginal movie. He kind of screams at God, is this what you want from me? It's like everything keeps beating him down to make him do bad stuff. If it's I, not like he's doing bad stuff out of his own volition. So I, I kind of uh, make... If I told you that um, an adult Jewish man um, <laughs> abused Adolf Hitler Matthew? and killed his family, Who? does that make him not a villain? <laughs> I'm just asking. Mm. <laughs> Matt, what do you think of uh, Magneto? I guess it's still as the lone Jew in this group or something Matthew, like that. Like, what am I supposed to think about this? You're the only one that can speak on this, Matthew. <laughs> I'm the only one that can save us. <laughs> well, I'll plead the fifth on that for now. I don't want to know. What do you think of Magneto story, being a villain? Long story. story. Um, I think it, it all depends on what medium you're taking Magneto from, I guess. If you're taking him from the, the cartoon, I think you see him more as a pure villain because he just really does villainous things in the cartoon. And the comic book is definitely more shades of gray involved there because it's such a, you know, it's a 50 year history of what you've seen and what you get now. Um, and then in, you know, the first class movies, you're getting this way more kind of complicated character. You're getting him, you're seeing him literally from the concentration camps to, um, murder of his mother in front of him and you know what what he becomes later on down the line but um i guess with him there's such a capacity for good and then there's such a capacity for evil but it's kind of all for the same reason in a way it's like because i mean what, what was the whole uh, when he was created it was supposed to be professor x martin luther king him malcolm x by any means necessary type thing uh and that's not necessarily a bad thing but i think people just perceive 
villainous it's villainous acts versus villainous intentions i guess and his acts are pretty horrible he's killed a lot he's killed a lot of people but you would also say like they kind of had a coven they're assholes <laughs> i'm sorry you know it's one of those things where our, we get into this conversation in the other episodes like where do, do where do we put justifiable murder in the villain kind of side of things like if people have it coming is he a villain is he justified in doing that can we say like oh he's a good guy because he killed him still killed a lot of people so yeah it's it's complicated hey dan uh just quick question for you and i'll give you the last statement on this one since you had him the highest rank but uh did batman see his parents shot right in front of him or killed in any way because he did i once or twice because he didn't end up up, uh, you know murdering hundreds and hundreds of people so i, I don't know zach snyder said he'd murder hundreds <laughs> of people. dan I, dan i'm in agreement with you i think i think magneto is definitely worthy of being mentioned today in the episode but you could speak better to any other rebuttal against these guys so i'll give you 10 or 20 seconds here i i guess a good comparison is like if you look at a lot of you know quote-unquote warlords that take over a country you know that may end up with good attentions when they first take you know that take over um, say like Fidel Castro, for example, or something of that nature, who they're taking over a regime that certainly did evil to many people. But once they're in that regime themselves, in that power, they in turn tend to commit those same crimes. And Magneto's proven that. So, yes, there's legitimacy in what he's doing. And he, he may have intentions that are um, good in some in- instances, but he's also shown that he will, you know, he'll he'll do many of the things he accuses others of and despite his, his his history so i think you know in a way that's more evil knowing that he's coming from this tragedy in that he would evoke the same type of tragedy upon others is, is pretty cruel um so all right we'll have to wait and see what people think about magneto the first comic book character to show up today only the seventh overall Maybe it's a Marvel DC thing. Maybe maybe some people are just more fans of DC characters. Let's see, because we have one of those next at number 14. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor showing up at number 14, back-to-back with Magneto, originated in the 1940s. Um, DJ, let's start with you. What do you think of, of Lex Luthor being our eighth comic book character? Respect you have a photographic memory. I'm too modest to boast. The real purpose of Cadmus was to give you superpowers. And to ruin Superman's reputation. Imagine how sweet it will be when I save the world from the menace of the Justice League. Now, when I kill Superman, they'll build statues in my honor. Maybe next time. Lois! Let's... they came! Stop the wedding. You can't marry this man. Wait, is there an echo in here? I just said that. What's the meaning of this? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meaning of this is, Luther, you're through. We have all the evidence against you we need. Evidence? Evidence for what? This is a warrant for your arrest for arson and other crimes too numerous to mention. You're out of your minds, both of you. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be will supplied. Will you shut up? I can afford a thousand attorneys. I'll have your badge. I'll have your head for this. Give me the governor on the phone. Give me the president! Get him! On the phone! A2, Mrs. Cox. <laughs> Boss, I'm sorry. We'll take a rain check. Something's come up. Let's go, pal. You let go of that! Don't worry, we'll get him. I got the building sealed off. This way, this way. Sorry, Superman. No time to chat. I'll just take my pound of flesh and... said to me get out <laughs> before that he said son stocks may rise and fall utilities and transportation systems may collapse people are no damn good but they will always need land and they'll pay through the nose to get it remember my father said land right it's a pity that uh, he didn't see from such humble beginnings how i've created this empire an empire this Miss Tessmucker. How many girls do you know who have a Park Avenue address like this one? Park Avenue address? 200 feet below? Do you realize what people are shelling out up there? For a few miserable rooms off a common elevator? What, what more, more could anyone ask? Lex Luthor is... His 
whole crux is he's pissed because he thinks through all the shit that he went through growing up, uh, you know, becoming a corporator, he's a genius, he's a philanthropist, but for some freaking reason, mankind keeps worshipping this alien from another freaking planet. So he dedicates his life to exposing this assumed hypocrisy of Superman. He goes so far as becoming the president of the United States, ironically, uh, to nullify Superman's efforts to take him down. I mean, he, th- th- this human man many times stops the strongest comic book character perhaps of all time because of his brain. It, 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 Lex Luthor is a badass. I mean, not... Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, ring, ring, Clancy ring, ring, Brown. Ring. Some people Lex will Luthor, disagree yes. with you. I don't know who those people are. They're probably communists, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Lex Luthor is the epitome. Who kneecaps Superman? Lex Luthor outthinks the Boy Scout many, many times. And I mean, if you're going to go with any iteration, Injustice, he just des- decimates the Justice League. The guy is a badass. He's essentially like. I, I can't even compare anybody to him. And he kind of, sometimes you, you want to root against him, but sometimes he has a point where he points out that Superman, you're doing these things like destroying Metropolis while fighting your enemy. And, uh, you know, maybe you, you, you're causing more harm than good. So yeah, Lex Luthor is a badass. And again, when you have the most iconic superhero of all time, and this is the, the arch nemesis of that, that guy, of that guy. I mean, you got to have Lex Luthor this high, I think. Um, just as a review real quick, the comic book characters that appeared last episode were the likes of Ozymandias, Loki, Thanos, Darkseid, and Rachel Ghoul, Matthew. Mm. Now this episode we've seen Magneto and Lex Luthor. Are those two in a in a higher echelon than the other five that I just mentioned? I think just because of the – I mean it's hard because Rachel Ghoul, of course, his arch nemesis is Batman. But you know somebody else is bigger than him. Uh, but Lex Luthor is is, is kind of like like to, to kind of reiterate what a lot of DJ was saying. I mean, he made a kryptonite suit. You know, he's like, <laughs> like get away from me. I mean, was, it, killed, it was killing him, and he didn't care. Yeah, he he's didn't like, care. He was still gonna. He's like, I'm still gonna kill Superman. I'm dying, but I'm cool. I'll, I'll still go under. Gonna I'm gonna us. I'm gonna destroy Superman while I die. So, um, but yeah, and it depends what iteration i mean you have from gene hackman to clancy brown to you know jesse eisenberg and you know uh, I, uh <laughs> but just with the jesse eisenberg thing it's like yeah. <laughs> i've been <laughs> i think dj and i you know, we, we've gotten to this debate where i and when i first saw the movie i was like i didn't mind him like he was what he was he was part gene hackman part, part riddler what he was going for <laughs> at whatever point so it didn't bother me as much as it bothered some other people. So it's kind of like whatever. He just kind of loses his mind at the end. But um, I don't know. Lex Luthor has always been just that character that is always one step ahead of Superman. And he always he's the only person likes besides Batman. He's the only person who likes to call Superman out on the shit. It's like everybody else is like, oh, Superman, he's the best. And Lex is like, fuck you, he's not. I'm sick of this guy. Look at my city. I lost so, my hair, damn it. Look at this God. Look at, look at this suit. You know? <laughs> Steve, uh, weigh in here on Lex Luthor being a comic book character that you expected uh, to show up on the list. Oh, I definitely expected him to show up on the list. Um, I I had him ranked actually pretty close to right here. Um, But when I think of Lex Luthor, I think of the DC Animated Universe version, the Clancy Brown version, which was cold, uh, calculating, uh, hated 
Superman with a passion to the point that, you know, he created the suit. He, he was willing to merge with Brainiac to to take him out. Um, just a majority of, of uh, elements there. I mean, he partnered with the Joker, as crazy as it was, in one, uh, one particular uh, film just to, to try and take out Superman and Batman ended up having to come in and, and basically mop the floor with both Lex Luthor and the Joker. Uh, and it's just, this character is, I, I don't count the Jesse Eisenberg version. I think that he's <laughs> such a freaking pansy in the, uh, in that, that Dawn of justice, uh, film. I, I won't say anything about any other, renditions that that may come up of, of him uh but i'm i'm not a fan of of him in that particular film uh the clancy brown is what i think of when i think of yeah. lex luthor and in just the brains alone i mean he's uh, i mean now in the comics he's a good guy in the justice league but it seems like everybody that's evil goes good at some point but uh unless they have razor hands or something or shoot force lightning <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see him being a, a strong contender for this list. I mean, he's pretty much been the arch nemesis, uh, hating on illegal aliens for, you know, 75 years. So <laughs> Dan, I'll give you the final thought here. Uh, disagree with how high Lex Luthor is. Oh, oh, none, none at all. And it's interesting because he, he kind of comes back to back with Magneto because Magneto does it more often, but Lex Luthor is a character that will be, will turn to, to the good when necessary. He, as Steve mentioned right now with, uh, it's kind of complicated, but when Superman died, but also came back from a different dimension, he kind of took up the mantle of Superman because in reality, like Lex Luthor would be a hero if Superman didn't exist. It's just the, that, that narcissistic quality that, the jealousy that drives him to defeat uh, defeat Superman. And one of my favorite actual versions of him, it comes from like an Elseworlds story in, in uh, Superman Red Sun, where, you know, you have Superman from Russia and Lex Luthor kind of is, you see what would happen if, you know, Lex Luthor basically be able, was able to rule the, rule the U.S. without the interference of, of Batman. And you see the complexities of the character that there's still some evil qualities to him. But at the end of the day, he just, he just wants all the respect from everyone and it not to get as long as he gets that he's fine so if as long as you give him everything he needs he, he won't bother you but as long as you uh, give him everything everything you, know, <laughs> you, you will worship me and it's interesting too because he's also a character that's been he's changed throughout time he was originally just kind of your generic mad scientist character in the film uh superman he kind of became more of a james bond influence character then he became you know, the business businessman character to a politician, and he's one that often reflected the time we're in. And I think he's still, uh, right now, uh, they're still trying to figure out what is the next stage of him. So he's uh, a character that's certainly been able to evolve that to different styles and in and, and different interpretations and been effective in each one. Yeah, and he stole forty cakes, by the way. Uh, that's a little <laughs> deep cut there for you guys. He stole forty cakes. Look that well, up. he did Let's take look. out. He did take out Dark Side and and. The, the Justice League Unlimited regardless, yeah. regardless of what we say, there's going to be at least one commenter, commenter that disagrees with Lex Luthor's placement on this list. So we'll have to wait and what, see for the reaction. That, that, is, a, 
that is a guaranteed uh... <laughs> yeah and on that note with our with our back-to-back comic book characters we're going to take a quick break hear a couple ads and when we come lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Back, there's only 13 spots left. We'll start revealing them. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film Podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. <laughs> on the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spot sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download this show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Tooncast is back, baby. Better than ever. Continuing the excellence in tunecasting here on the GeekCast Radio Network. When we started nine years ago, the goal was to reach 100 podcasts. We did that, and the show was over. However, we went beyond with Tooncast Beyond from 2011 to 2017. But next year, in 2018, Tooncast returns to its roots with a few new twists and turns. Join myself, TF2, and Mike, Optimus Solo, and the rest of the GCR and crew weekday afternoons here on Tooncast, where it's all tunes all the time. Only on the GeekCast Radio Network. Unleash the tune in you. I care about you more than any old egg sandwich. Oh, grubby. Don't go there. I'm on the verge. Because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news. Play movie games. Go in-depth on reviews. And even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series, where we review noted director's movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience the Cinema Geeks. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or GeekCastRadio.com. Hello, geeks and geekettes. Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? 
then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks, every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. All right, thanks for sticking with us. There's only 13 spots remaining in the countdown. So I know some people might be getting nervous because you know that stat that I gave you at the beginning that said that 80% of the contributors had not seen their number one yet? Still, 80% of their contributors have not seen their number one fall yet. So uh, that is a thing. Also, every character from here on out is at least in one person's top five. So uh, that is a thing going forward. Another question. Let's see if anybody can get it right. DJ, what's a mm. type of character that we have not seen yet today? Literary. True, but not the answer <laughs> I'm looking for. I was animated. right, guys. <laughs> Somebody said it. Animated. Somebody said it. Animated. We have not had an animated oh, character right. today. That ends with our number 13 pick. Interested to so. see your guys' reaction here. We also hadn't had a, a Disney character today. Let's end that as well for Scar. Life's not fair, is it? You see, I, well, I shall never be king. <laughs> and you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> and you... Didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with your food? What do you want? I'm here to announce that King Mufasa's on his way. So you'd better have a good excuse for missing the ceremony this morning. Now, look, Zazu, you've made me lose my lunch. Ha! You'll lose more than that when the king gets through with you. He's as mad as a hippo with a hernia. Ooh, I quiver with fear. Now, Scar, don't look at me that way. Help! Scar. <laughs> Drop him. Impeccable timing, Your Majesty. If it isn't my big brother descending from on high to mingle with the commoners. Sarabi and I didn't see you at the presentation of Simba. That was today? Oh, I feel simply awesome. <laughs> Must have slipped my mind. Yes, well, as slippery as your mind is, as the king's brother, you should have been first in line. Well, I was first in line until the little hairball was born. That hairball is my son and your future king. Oh, I shall practice my curtsy. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Scar at number 13. I don't think this should come as much of a surprise because Lion King was all kinds of represented when we did our top 100 actual just regular characters, villainous hero, anybody. We had a ton of Lion King characters, so now we have Scar at number 13. Steve, is he worthy of being amongst the likes of Emperor Palpatine and uh, Lex Luthor and Michael Myers? Well, for the sake that, one, it's a Disney character. Two, it's one that's voiced by Jeremy Irons. Yep. Uh, three, you have the fact that he straight up murdered his brother to banish his nephew so he could lead. 
uh, that's some cold-hearted crap for a kid's movie. Yeah, that could be a, a valid points on all three of those conditions. DJ, Scar, top 25 worthy? Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of this movie essentially being a kind of a remake of Hamlet, he is Claudius, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and on top of it, Scar is just so cool. <laughs> and, I mean... It is Jeremy Irons, who is a badass, and ironically, uh, a character in a movie that he's in kind of gets his comeuppance the exact same way Scar does <laughs> that he uses in. So, but yeah, Scar is awesome. I, I like just the way he kind of manipulates that situation, but it's sad because he does all that stuff to become king. And then shit, stuff just goes to shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a good king. It's like, damn, I, I was kind of all. Oh, I thought he was kind of have a different kind of rule. Because when, when Commodus becomes king, stuff kind of goes to shit. But like, Rome doesn't turn into a wasteland. <laughs> so yeah, Scar is awesome, and I mean, Lion King is most people's favorite Disney animated film of all time. And if you, if that's the case, like you're saying, you're gonna pick the villain out of there. Another thing that helped Scar get this high on the list is he was on 68% of the list. So everybody from here on out is uh, on 60% or more except for one character. So there's only one lower than that. 68% of the list. Matthew, what do you think of Scar showing up here in the top 25? One thing. He had a group of hyenas goose-stepping like Nazis. That, that, see, Not only Matt can bring this up. characters can say they could. They did the same thing. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Um <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, folks. <laughs> in talking about a Disney animal <laughs> character. In all seriousness. But no, he's a, he's a cold-blood murderer. He throws his – he throws his uh, – in such an ironic twist. And Usually you're thrown to the lions. It. The lion is thrown to the wilderbeast. How about that too? So, um, yeah, he kills his uh, brother, and then he blames it on his like nephew. It's like, it's your fault. It's like, damn, that's some, that's some, that's some cold-blood shit right there. Um, and then he gets, yeah, but then um, his villainy is villainous, but then he just doesn't do anything after that. He's like, oh, my kingdom, I'm just going to run it into the fucking ground at this yeah, point. How, so. how many villains do we have on this list that succeeded in their mission as far as yeah. what they wanted and then just totally sucked at it? <laughs> Afterwards, it was kind of like, oh. Like, what do yeah, I do now, I, guys? I, uh... I won. I didn't know how to do this. <laughs> I'm going to go with this world. Um, another interesting, I mean, obviously, again, doesn't hurt that Jeremy Irons is doing your voice as far as villains go. But, Dan, if there was one spot for a Disney character or one spot for an animated character, not saying that there's not more, but if there was only one spot for both of those things, is Scar the most deserving to take that spot? I, I don't. Oh, man, I feel like I've been super negative this, this, this podcast. I don't but... like Cartoon. For, 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 no. for the spoiler alert, this no. is the one character I mean... that I was talking about that Dan doesn't have on his list. So the rest are on his uh, yeah. list. To clarify, I think you know I, I would rank Lion King as the best uh, Disney movie. It was number when we did our animated countdown. It was like number two on my list. So I think it's a great film. I think he's a great character. You're talking about you know the greatest villains of all time, and just looking at like the you know the the gamut of villains from the Disney world. I, I guess I, killing puppies to me is just more evil. Even I mean I guess yeah, killing your brother is pretty bad. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, true, true. But I guess like at least. Quirrell Deville, when she killed the puppy, she did something with them. That's I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> waste that want not. Waste not want not. I always exactly. say. <laughs> I mean, like, so I I don't know. I, I so I, I think Scar is certainly a good character, but I don't know if I would 
top 50 sure um but i don't i don't necessarily think i would put him this high like i think michael myers is much more of a, a villain or you know um so I, I would even say emperor palpatine um but i'm really surprised by scar being up this high that that really kind of shocks me uh, i guess it doesn't it makes sense because like jafar was up really high too so we do love our 90s here so. and our disney characters so, so yeah that, that does help so like i said i'm not surprised just because of how many characters we had from the lion king show up on the last list even though this is a different contributors list that was uh supplying our, our votes here uh, i'm somewhat surprised that it was this high but uh i'm not surprised that it's the highest disney villain because i think a lot of people do go to scar above you know maleficent corella deville jafar even though you know everybody has their personal favorites so um Interesting to see Scar here at number 13 for sure. On 64% of the list is our number 12 pick, and I can't wait to hear the discussion or the um, the rant that DJ may go on with this one. Just a, a preemptive strike maybe as to uh, subdue any commenters from, from their opinions. Let's go to number 12 from a film from 1988. How do you not have a list with multiple Alan Rickman characters? Let's go with Hans oh. Gruber from Hans. Die Hard. <laughs> DJ, start us off. All of you relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing. That's all. Police action was inevitable. And as it happens, necessary. So let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further. Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on a bulletin board. Wax Tony and Marco and his friend here. I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? This is very kind of you. As if you are our mysterious party crasher, you are most troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Mm, these are very bad for you. Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. Ooh. Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco and find out if anyone else is missing. Mr. Mystery Guest. Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hans Gruber. For <clears throat> <laughs> a certain person that doesn't think Hans Gruber is a villain or good or relevant. Hans Gruber is essentially Danny Ocean if he killed people. Okay? <laughs> He's an exceptional thief. And he's such a great character they had to give him murder they had to change scenes and make him kill people because in test audiences people loved him <laughs> they loved him we got to make him more just more, even more villainous and just the fact that 
you got John McClane, one of the greatest heroes of all time. His antithesis, where you're almost, it's like the cat and mouse game they're playing. Alan Rickman, this is like, I think this is his first American movie. It's like the best fucking role he's ever had in his life. And the specter of Alan Rickman's character, Hans Gruber, even carries over to Die Hard with a Vengeance, where they had to get Star to play his brother. <laughs> yeah, Alan... <laughs> back to back. Back to back. So, uh, uh, Alan Rickman, uh, I keep calling him Alan Rickman because that's why this, I, I, I don't, I don't look at, what's his name, Snape. It's Alan Rickman to me will always be Hans effing Gruber. I mean, that, I mean, this is a villain that, I mean, he, Murder is almost like uh, a, a thing he does to get his goal. It's not even like – it's not even registered to him. People – in most movies, the villain of that film would have been Carl. But Carl's just a tool for Hans Gruber to – Estevan Fista, shoot the glass. He doesn't really give a shit about people or uh, the FBI or John's heroics. He just wants his 30 percent on the beach. You know, That's all he cares about, and he's so fucking entertaining. He's so diabolical and smart. He figures out that fucking Holly Gennaro is married to John McClane by just using like the sixth sense he has. Hans Gruber is awesome. And if anybody <laughs> has a problem with Hans Gruber, I live in Pembroke Pines, Florida. You can drive your fucking ass in a car. I've seen plane. it. You come meet me and we'll have a long, thorough conversation about how you're fucking wrong. Hans Gruber is the shit. <laughs> I don't know. That might be the most impassioned uh, defense of a character that we've Hans seen. Hans Gruber isn't relevant. So Man, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I'm, okay, I have it. nothing to add to that. That was awesome. <laughs> also, just for the sake of me pointing it out, the first character today that has been on somebody's number one. This was Kevin Wright's stuff's uh, number one pick. So that's the first one of those to fall. So. Um, 76% of the number ones remain to, to drop on this list. Also, everybody from this character on out is in somebody's top three, except for one. So uh, we're getting more and more close to the, the big numbers here. Dan, any comments on Hans Gruber, or did DJ sum it up? I would say the one thing that might go against him is the fact that he does kill an 80s yuppie character, which almost makes him a hero. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... There will not be like... a fall. <laughs> Which I could see why, like, when you did the test audiences, they were like, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for that guy. So, but no, <laughs> I think was one of the, Yeah, I, I, uh, he's probably one of the first villains that I probably ever fell in love with as a character, you know, uh, watching Die Hard. And Die Hard doesn't become the action film that it is without a villain like Hans Gruber working the way he does. It's, you know, it's, it, it's what set it apart from other 80s action films that just really had, you know, th think of Commando. Who's the villain of Commando? Most people uh, can't an answer that question. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to say it in that way to make sure you know the villain. Bennett. <laughs> awesome Steve Bennett. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our number 11 pick. The only pick in this top uh, 13 that's not in at least 60% of the list. He's only appeared on 56% of the count of the contributors list. So why is he here? Because 28% of contributors had him in the top 10. 28% of people had him in the top 10. We're going to another comic book character. Number 11, Dr. Doom. Dr. <laughs> Doom. Matthew, start us off. Why is uh, Dr. Doom more worthy than Lex Luthor and Magneto? Well, we were, DJ and I were talking about this uh, during the break. <laughs> About the, do, should I tell him about the Luke Cage story? Luke Probably Cage, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, I, I think it makes Luke Cage sound like the villain, to be honest with you. Well, <laughs> it's true. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll bury the lead for the time being. Well, he, he's the, uh, the dictator of his own country. Right. Um, he is. He was Sorcer- Sorcerer Supreme at some point. Yeah. Uh, he's got a badass mask. Uh, he is the arch nemesis of probably one of the probably the most iconic uh, superhero t- team in all of comic book history. Uh, he's got a dope green coat uh, or cloak. Should I say he's got an army of doom bots? Uh, damn, what am I missing here? Yeah, he's a badass motherfucker. That's what he is, and uh, <laughs> there really isn't much else to say about Doctor Doom. He's just he's a he's a despot. He's got Doctor Doom. He's a he's got a His PhD name is Doom. in Doom. <laughs> PhD in Doom. That's what he is right there. Dan, is this the is this the upper echelon that we're talking about here? Is this the top of the cream of the crop of the comic book villains? This yeah, like if you're top. doing a Mount Rushmore of yeah, Mount Rushmore. Did you say DJ or Dan? I'm sorry. Dan. No, no, you, you. Uh, uh, if you do a Mount Rushmore of comic book villains, I certainly think he's on it, especially because it would look badass if his face was on a mountain, and I think he would be all, all for that. And what's interesting about Doctor Doom too is that he he isn't necessarily like the most tattooed twirler that you would think he would be being called Doctor Doom, like. That unlike Scar, this, this, the the country he runs is effective, and most of in most interpretations, the people that he is dictator of love him because he truly, in a way, has an affection towards them, even um, even if he's not showing it in the way you would expect. Like he he, it's more so because he wants to prove he can do it. Like there's been some stories, for example, where he's legitimately taken over the world, and the only and he ended up just basically stopping uh, basically giving it back because he found doing you know paperwork was not nearly as interesting as trying to beat the avengers and you know he, he's actually there was the you know the, the most recent secret war story where legitimately he controlled all the multi universes he was basically the god among gods uh but he you know was able to um come out of that and so I, I always find him a very intriguing character because he can outsmart gods he can take the power of silver surfer who is a cosmic being you know a trillion times more powerful than he ever can but he's just so intelligent and he's also got a really great relationship with uh mr fantastic as well in their in their dynamic so there's there's a little bit of lex luther in, in, the, in the way that they portray each other but i think doom isn't necessarily looking for affection he's just the ultimate narcissist like one of my favorite moments is when uh in, in comics is actually when like he meets with black panther and black panther is uh able to tell that the bot that he sends out isn't doom because it wasn't perspiring like you would if you have the mask on and he's just like oh i see that my perfection has gotten away from me just like, yet again my i have to build perfect robots that's the only reason that you you're able to see it like he he can't admit the like he basically He's in, in. He can't admit that he's wrong, basically, and it, it, I always find it kind of fascinating as as a character. So, yeah. all right, DJ, just missing out on being in the top ten. What do you think of Doctor Doom's placement here at number eleven? Oh man, I, okay. Uh, Dan is bringing up some great moments, and I remember a couple. Other than the fact that the guy has touched the Infinity Gauntlet and taken a blast from it and lived, uh, there was a moment in Amazing Spider-Man. I forget. Eric Larson drew it. I forget what number. And Dr. Doom uh, had an embassy. Now, listen to this. A villain has an embassy in America. And a character that Spider-Man was protecting uh, stole a jewel that belonged to Latveria, his country. And Dr. Doom shows up and literally, like, Spider-Man's trying to get in between Dr. Doom and this thief. Because Dr. Doom is going to fucking kill him. 
But Spider-Man's like, no, 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 don't do it. And Doctor Doom literally, it, it not all, like not even trying, beats the living shit out of Spider-Man. My hero, one of my favorite comic book characters, beats the shit out of him for four straight pages. So I'm like, what? Who? And Doctor Spider-Man's trying to explain to Doctor Doom, no, 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 please, please, just let me get, the, I'll get the drill back, I'll be fine. And Doctor Doom goes, you have three days. So for the rest of the comic book, they have a timer on each panel. Telling you how long Doctor Doom is, uh, how long Spider-Man has to find the jewel, and on the last page it gets to zero, and Doom shows up on the last panel. He says, "Where's my jewel?" and whips the shit out of everybody. That's <laughs> Doctor Doom in a nutshell. <laughs> Doctor Doom is a badass, okay. And on top of the fact that he is done so much horrible thing, the fact that he's dealing with Black Panther, and I think he took over, he tried to take over the vibranium. Black Panther had to nullify all the vibranium in Wakanda so Doctor Doom couldn't take it over. He is a badass. And Matt is right. He's gone against the first family comic book group, the Fantastic Four, and defeated him many times. Like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Reed Richards, whatever. I got, I got you. Uh, Thanos, sure. Mephisto, whatever. Doctor Strange, I'll take your title. I mean, the guy is a badass. And if it... it Dan's right. If there is a Mount Rushmore, I can't think of a bigger villain. Just in terms of accomplishment, villainy, uh, character than Doctor Doom. Interesting too that I'll, I'm going to read off the rankings for this one because I think it's interesting that it's a very short range as far as where people put him. And, he, and again, second character back to back that appeared in somebody's number one. Fridley sent from the Cinema Geeks had him at number one. We had a two, four, four, six, six, seven, eight. 15, 21, 22, 28, 28, and the highest anybody put him was, or the lowest anybody put him was 37. So Crazy. everybody <laughs> you know, that voted for him voted for him rather high. Any last thought on Dr. Doom before we move on to our top 10? I think what might hurt him for some people is the fact that when he's been in film, it's been depicted so poorly. Bad. <laughs> it, 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 no one's got come close to getting it right. So like it's that might be like people oh dr doom he's he's an awful character and i could see right. that if you watch fantastic four any of them movie wise why you would think that but one day hopefully they'll they'll get it right one day one day, one day. <laughs> oh, it still didn't seem like it affected him too much if his you know, rankings were so high i mean maybe that one maybe, maybe, maybe julian mcmahon was, was number 37 Credit to the, credit yeah. to the contributors of being able to see past those movie depictions and see the comic well, books and the cartoons. The, the movie depictions are horrid, but yeah. that, that's just hands down the only thing going against him. He's he's pretty solid in the fact that he made it. He was one of the only villains to make it to the 2099 universe, which even though that was bad, uh, <laughs> he was one of the few to make it. He he's deserving. Yeah. All right. Just a quick update before we start revealing our top ten. We have had one character from the 2000s so far today and zero characters pre-1900. Let's start with our top ten here. Our first character of the entire countdown that appeared on Two People's number one. Um, we are going to go to a character that originated in a 1968 film. And that would be Hal 9000. Our first mm -hmm. entry into the top ten. Hal 9000. Dan, top ten worthy? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's interesting to consider the fact that HAL 9000 is a character that screen time is probably rather limited compared to many um, other film characters that we've talked about. But, there, you know, it's 2001, and just the, the slow buildup of that character, the, what it represents, and the small little hints you see 
um, in, in, in the turning point of how and what it means. Like you, you know, you can write a thesis, I think, on just what, how, um, why he does what he does, the, what the film gives you to determine, like, why is how becoming this, um, you know, um, turning on man in the way he does. Like, there's this opening sequence where they're playing chess, and he makes makes a wrong move, which seems out of character, but it's kind of like this early sign that something is it's not clicking the way the way it should. So, just also just that voice or recording or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, just the coldness of it. You know, not I'm, I won't open the, the pod bay doors. It's it's probably if you're looking at just uh, looking at characters like the Terminator and things like that. No doubt they were directly influenced by someone like Hal. All you need to know is I cannot stand that film, and I still have Hal 9000 in my top five. So I still put Hal 9000 in my top five. But I also have Big Brother in my top ten. So maybe it's just something about that type of character that kind of just takes control or is always watching and that type of stuff that I think is very villainous. But uh, number one for pop culture case study, number one for following films. DJ, did we get Hal 9000 right as far as being in the top ten? I think he might be a little high, but I, I mean, I, I'm not like angry about it. He, he, I can understand him being here. I think I would have had him a little bit lower. But I mean, I, I, when Dan was talking about that chess match, I've read part articles. That's because you get as many articles about this that character is uh, a tribute to how great he is as a villain. Is that what, the chess match he might have lost on purpose just to test the humans? I've read articles about that. You know, it, the, the fact that he's essentially brought about by. Uh, a contradiction. <laughs> the, only, the mission is, is is going contradictory to something else that they programmed in them. Makes them into this. Uh, I have to get rid of the humans, Dave. I, I, that thing is it's and the soothingness of his voice. When I hear Brainiac on the Superman the animated series, the way I forget the actor who does him, uh, who I think he's passed away now, but uh, it always harkens me. It makes me automatically think of Hal Nine Thousand and the. the the lip reading scene, this, the stuff that he does in the movie and the, the Daisy, all that stuff, he is very recognizable. And he, the, the moments he has are going to, I mean, they, they I don't want to say iconic, but they are pretty iconic. Steve, any thoughts on Hell 9000 appearing right here? I don't particularly care for the movie, but I, that's one of the iconic film villains of the last like 50 years so it's it's very deserving of being on this list i mean i had it on my list even though it's not one uh, film i'm very fond of but it's still um very iconic yeah and i think just the type of villain it is and kind of the power that he holds and kind of the way that it's something you hadn't really seen in, in film at that point I, I don't think uh matt what do you think of, of hell 9000 uh, i like him right here because it's it's such a simplistic like just it's AI, but it's just a red dot, you know, <laughs> and it's like how much power like one red dot has over the fate of like all these people on the spacecraft. It's just kind of one of those amazing things, how much you can do with just a soothing voice, a red dot and basically just, you know, AI, of course, you know, we, we, we're always afraid of like AI running amok and becoming smarter than humans and everything. That's, I think that's probably one of our greatest fears is like something that we create turns against us. It's kind of the same thing with like, you know, uh, Frankenstein and the monster. It kind of, it, you, you create something, you're like, oh, this is pure and this is going to help everybody. And then it's like somewhere along the line. So a wire is not correct or a, a protocol wasn't put in correct and you're left at the mercy of something that, is a program 
and the program has been written by something you don't understand almost yourself. So um, it's uh, it's scary. It's scary that in, we kind of live in that kind of day, like this time now where we're so reliant on technology where Kubrick and uh, the book before that was kind of like – uh, yeah, this is gonna happen one day. You guys are gonna be fucked. So it's just it's just it's just a scary kind of look into like how the future is. It hasn't happened so bad yet, but you know it could give happen. It time. Give it time. Yeah, yeah give it time. Uh, it's still time. Uh, interesting too to the the kinds of villains that we've seen so far. You know, we've had those more beast animal like instinctual ones. We've had some more technological ones. Um, some more just downright evil, like as far as killing people type one. So a lot of different types showing up here. DJ, should people that were holding out hope that GLaDOS would appear in the countdown give up at this mm-hmm. point? Yeah, give up. I'm no. sorry. Cake <laughs> <laughs> was a lie. Sorry. It's Another a lie. thing that we've seen so far in this episode, we've seen a few big franchises represented. We've seen Alien and Star Wars and Terminator all, all show up with representation here. We're going to get two of those back-to-back, two big franchises back-to-back, and I'm interested to see what your guys' um, reactions to that it, uh, would be. We're in the 1,250-point range. This next character, 72% of the contributors had this individual on their list. I am surprised that it was that high. 72%. We're going to go to the world of Star Trek. Not Star Wars, Star Trek. For Khan. I knew. So Khan at number nine. 72% of people found a way. I didn't think there was that much universal love for Star Trek. I had Khan, obviously, because I'm a huge Trek fan, but I I didn't think it would be that high. 72%. Steve, what do you think of, of Khan showing up here in the top 10? Uh, I think he's very deserving of it. Um, being that I had him in my top five, uh, <laughs> uh, and this is going with the Ricardo Montalban version, not the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, <laughs> Crybaby Fest. Um, <laughs> we 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 have the the real con where he's taken command of a starship and then you know stuck on CD Alpha Five where most of his. Uh, Comrades are killed by the environment because of the planet or the uh, star exploding. But um, yes, getting my track history out <laughs> here. But uh, uh, but no, I mean Khan is just this ruthless, uh, overarching dick in like the Star Trek universe. That that Kirk was like, you know, I should have killed this guy years ago, and it's coming back to haunting me now. And it's just it, it's humorous just to see. Um, the fact that this this guy that is just tears up the Enterprise, manages to kill Spock, sets off the Genesis weapon, just a chain reaction of, of, of bad decision-making on Kirk's behalf is attacking him and this one character from the original series. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely one of the most iconic Star Trek villains. One thing, though, about this one is, unlike what I read off for Doctor Doom, where everybody was... 1 through 37, we were all over the board when it came to Khan, 70s, 50s, 30s, 20s, top 10, 40s, 60s, uh, everywhere. People had Khan all over the map. DJ, is he deserving of being in the top 10? Save us today, Captain. Of course! It's Khan, man. (laughs) It's Khan. It's a Khan, man. It's a Khan, man. Uh, This is the Alpha 5. I mean, come on. There's no... In the entire... William Shatner series, uh, the original G- generation series. Khan is it. He is it's him in Wales. That's it. <laughs> I mean, maybe Christopher <laughs> Palmer a little bit, but it's Khan. 
and the fact that he (laughs) in Wales. Uh, (laughs) But just the fact, I mean, uh, and I'm I'm in the minority. I'm not against the whole Benedict Cumberbatch thing. But I mean, Ricardo Montalban is the superior Khan. Uh, but Khan is so good. He's Shakespearean. He's got Moby Dick on a bookcase. Speaking of another villain, because he's just in, he's he's stuck on revenge. He wants revenge to avenge avenge my loved one, my wife. That stuff is so good. And his he's not even in a scene with Kirk. And it feels like they have there, there are many scenes with them together, and they're never together in the whole movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> but every line he has is almost like it's like poetry. And, and the, the the way he kind of essentially wins, he gets his revenge on Kirk by taking out the thing. I will do more than just kill you, Kirk. I will, I will hurt you. <laughs> this is so he's so good. He's so he's such. I, I think of all the Star Trek characters of all time, he's always going to be my favorite because I, I, I he comes from a place of understanding. I understand where he's coming from, though he. His 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 character on the TV show is a little bit different, but I I think in the movie you, you kind of feel for him. His wife died. And Kirk, why didn't Kirk go check on him? He didn't bother to check on progress. Why? Why didn't he go and do some sense? No, he something? just he just put this big black book in there. Like, hey, you're not allowed to go to this planet. <laughs> Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> Dan, uh, real quick, curious if, if you might be uh, on the other side of the coin here and thinking this might be a, a little too high, or is this something where you know, like we saw with Doctor Who, where if you have kind of a, a fan favorite or a cult following for a certain franchise, where the the best villain in that franchise is going to be vaulted a, lo- a little bit higher on this list. I, I think it's it's a it's a good placement. I mean, I am not the Star Trek expert. I've only seen you know, Star Trek two once. So, um, but if you're asking, you know, people, if you add like myself, who's not well versed in Star Trek or really anyone, when they, when they think of Star Trek villains, it's going to be Connor science fiction villains in general. Um, it, obviously, much of that due to the iconic line from Shatner and his perhaps his career best acting moment, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which buried alive. So. And like he, he also again looking at a character that does succeed and in, in a way and how, how his actions do lead to such such a touching moment in, in Star Trek too. So um, I, I do think he, he's worthy for this list because I you know Star Trek doesn't have I mean it has some great villains but uh, it's one that certainly stood the test the test of time so much so that they try to recreate it in a way. So I, I think it's definitely. Um, a good placement. You know, I, I can't really argue against it. Uh, not that I want to, but um, <laughs> it. <laughs> so. Matt, what do you think as far as uh, is Khan more worthy than the Borg as far as being higher on the list? I think just for people know Khan. People, you say the name Khan, and people are like, oh yeah, I know Khan. Even if you've never even seen Star Trek, you're like, oh yeah, that guy that killed Spock, right? It's like, oh yeah, that's that guy. So even just, the Borg is a little bit more of a deeper cut, I think. Uh, I mean, it's, the the Borg, I almost said the Barge, actually. That was was almost (laughs) just The Barge, he's a villain. It's like, the Borg is more of a a bigger threat because it's kind of all encompassed, like it's such a big thing, whereas Khan is basically just like it's it's Personal. Kirk's Joker in a, in a way it's it's his is and like but it's also something that Kirk created so Kirk could have well done did the right thing and let Khan like not have all the bad shit happen to him and there wouldn't have been you know a uh, 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 wrath of Khan or anything like yeah. that but um, at the end of the day it's like just 
out of all the Star Trek villains, I can't think of anybody. Science fiction in general, too. Just that name is such a just a name that I, and the look is iconic. Ricardo Montalban's look. It's so <laughs> kind of like it's so goofy. But at the same time, it's like this guy's got style. I like that, I like that <laughs> hair, man. It's like he's like a, a science fiction Mad Max villain type thing. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so at this point, still 64 percent of contributors have not seen their number one fall yet. And we're down to our top eight. I said back-to-back franchise picks, and here's going to be another one. Appeared on 68% of the list, and 24% of contributors had this character in their top ten. Amanda might be a little upset because this was her number two pick. We're going to go to the world of Harry Potter Mm. and Voldemort for our number eight pick. I said the name. You're damn right. All right. um, Voldemort (laughs) here at number eight. Dan, I'll start with you here. Harry Potter's first representation here. There's a lot of villains in Harry Potter. Is this the most worthy one, obviously, of being on the list? It's tough because I feel like a lot of, in a way, maybe it's more memorable when villain isn't necessarily a villain at the end. But I do. I love Voldemort as a character. I, you know, you you have such a huge buildup to him. You know, a few books worthy, a few movies worthy to him actually coming on the scene and i know a lot of people and i think it was even happening in some of the comment sections and facebook matchups we had would always make the comment that can't be that effective of a villain when he can't even take over a school and i i, I get that but i think <laughs> um ultimately obviously you're, you're dealing with a, with a children's book but i just find him so conniving and he, he does feel like a threat like they they built it up so well when he when he actually does come out and uh you, you see him for the first time and like because I, I, I saw the films before i read the books i it was just it was such a satisfying thing and ray finds his performance is fantastic that like the cackling there's um there's such a like <laughs> uh there almost a uh, sense of humor to him as well it, it's in this the look like snake like look i i don't know i, I find him uh I, I know uh uh much more of an impressive villain than i expected for a series like harry potter um, I know it gets kind of weird when you're looking at some of the, um, you know, when you look at his his final demise and the weirdness with the wands and whatnot and all the magic behind him. But, um, yeah, I think he's certainly des- deserving. He might be up a little too high. Uh, I, I, I could see that. But um, I, but there's you know, certainly plenty of Harry Potter fans out there. So. Matt, does it – or Steve, actually. Steve, does it get any more villainous than combining a wizard and a snake into one character? <laughs> Meh. <laughs> I, I I think that there were there were better villains than him for the top ten. I mean, I I agree he should be at the top one hundred, but I don't know top ten. Um, yes, he's he's one of the uh, a part of the the rabid Harry Potter fan base, but uh, the same token, he keeps getting beaten by a child and. <laughs> um. He has his lackeys, and uh, he's gotten his his basically forced lightning back to himself, and and he has to live as a uh, a wart on different people for <laughs> a, a, a number of years that that he can occasionally like lean over and do like the uh, um, almost Men in Black two thing with Johnny Knoxville, like talking to the person that's hosting him. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Steve's not gonna um, be friending any Harry Potter fans clearly in this nope. discussion. Uh, DJ, what do you think of Voldemort? You know, the main uh, you, might, you might not want to come to me because oh, I bad. hate. I, 
I'm right with I'm not a Harry Potter fan either. <laughs> uh, no, but I I mean not being a Harry Potter fan, I, I don't care about that stupid kid. Uh, but he Voldemort, I, I I know he's how, how iconic and important he is, and I mean taking everything away in a vacuum, his look is great. I just as a scary, almost too scary for a kids movie villain. You know, it starts like you guys were saying. It gets confusing in the plot, and I don't really give a shit about you know Tom Riddle and stuff. I don't, I don't really care. But again, I can I cannot be a fan of Harry Potter and Voldemort, but still respect the fact that he's on here. I understand him being on here because Harry Potter is not no fringe franchise. It's one of the biggest franchises of all time, and he is the Sauron of that franchise. So I can I understand him being here. Only four of the people that voted for him did not have him in the top 30. A lot of people had him in the top 11, 12, somewhere in that range. Matt, last word on Voldemort. Is he worthy of being mentioned today? Um, not today. I mean, there's far – in the Harry Potter universe, which I'm not even a fan of, but there are, in my opinion, better villains. I mean, uh, Dolores Umbridge is probably scarier in, just in terms of like a person you're like – Damn, this bitch could run my school. This is bad. <laughs> this is horrible. And she was just, she was an awful she was an awful person to like kids. Like doing like this guy's got, got magic and stuff like that. She's got magic too, but it's like torturing kids because you don't tell them the truth. It's like very like kind of like oh, trunchbull kind of ass, but like trunchbull with magic a little bit. Um, but yeah, the look is great. Uh, but you can argue like Bellatrix Lestrange is probably more evil than him. She killed like probably one of the more beloved characters in that entire series as well too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, DJ, he's like the, Sar- the Sauron of the entire series, and he's. I mean, Ray Fiennes is great, and I love, I love the look. I love his like very snake voice and stuff like that. But <laughs> overall, I mean, I, I, there's villains I would put above him in that universe alone, but he, he is the big bad. He's the, as Dan's put it earlier, the end boss to everything. So <laughs> All right, you got to put the end boss in there. Programming note, anybody with a problem with the conversation on Voldemort, please direct your responses to Simplistic Reviews and yeah, Steve. Come at me, bro. Phillips. Come at us. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Avada Kedavra, bitch. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our number seven pick. Still have 64% of people's number ones that have not been mentioned. And that's going to continue because no number one here. Number seven from the novel from 1959, maybe even better known in the film, Norman Bates. 76%. Mm-hmm. That's the highest we've gotten so far. 76% of people voted for Norman Bates. DJ, more positive on him showing up in the top 10? Yeah, I almost forgot about him. But as soon as you said, I was like, oh, shit, of course, Norman fucking Bates. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, I mean, that. Uh, We've been battling around the word iconic, but I mean, in cinema history, and maybe the history of anything that's been in entertainment, that shower scene is, it, it's not rivaled by anything. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, though, as a character, Norman Bates is almost like a victim that has, his mind is warped by his mother that turns him into this thing. But uh, yeah, Norman, I mean, which is funny because I think in the sequel, he's a good guy, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> But uh, no, but I mean Norman Bates. You say the name, it's Psycho is one of the greatest horror films of all time. Norman Bates has to be on this list. I'm, I I I didn't even think about it until you said, it. and I was like, man, I, why did I leave a blank spot for him? He is, he has to be here. 
Only three people had him in the top 10, which is where he ends up. So how did he get here? Because of 76% of people voting for him. So a lot of universal, um, at least, um, recognition that he deserves to be on this list somewhere. Dan, a lot of people said Voldemort at number eight is too high. Is number seven too high for Norman Bates? No, I, I don't think so at all. I mean, you think about it at the time, just the, the edginess is maybe not the right word, but the fact that you had had a character of that nature and, you know, just the the dark places he goes. I mean, beyond just the murder or the relationship with his mother, or if you want to even call it that, it's just the insanity of that character. It's so just disturbing. And um, it's, and of course, we're all talking about the Vince Vaughn version, right? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, of course, okay. of course. The only version. The yeah, only okay. version. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, and it's, I think it's a type of personality that we, we've seen try to be replicated many times after that. But it's just, I don't know. It's We, we talk about a lot in this when it comes to villains that scare you. And I think it, it's hard not to be scared of the person that you're kind of trusting. And I think it, it makes you kind of worried. Anyone's ever went to like a, a hotel that they didn't really want to stay at, but got forced to, you know, that you're like, uh, you're, you're worried about, you know, having a normal, normal Bates type of experience or something of that nature. But yeah, I think he's certainly one of the most important characters in all of Hitchcock's history as a filmmaker. And considering Hitchcock is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, uh, I think it makes him eligible top five worthy, top 10 worthy for sure. Right, so that is Norman Bates at our number seven pick. There is 16 contributors that have not seen their number one fall yet, and there's only six spots left. Number six, we're up to the 1,370 or uh, 1,377 point range. This character was on 64% of the lists, and it is our first character today that predates 1900. Number six. One person on the panel is number one, Count Dracula. <laughs> Dan, your number one pick. Are you upset that he's not higher, or is top ten good enough for you? I, I think top ten good enough for me. It was honestly really hard, like deciding who I was going to put as my number one, just because there's you know there's so many great villains, and I, you know I I think the reason I put Dracula as my number one was because you look at characters that have stood the test of time there's not many that have done it to the level of a character like Dracula. there's been so many interpretations there's characters that have been replicated but he kind of has a whole genre a whole type of story that are that is based beyond based on dracula you everything from nosferatu to um you know this all the vampire movies we get today um is because of a character like dracula working and it, it, it's, it's timeless is his design like a lot of the lore that's built a, around him all the little um aspects of his character kind of has informed much of that going forward and it's kind of interesting when you look at kind of why did that character exist where does he come from you know uh, is, is it getting to the our fear of death is it get into um the idea of immortality in the way that it impacts us so i i think all those elements made him made me want to put him as my number one character um, because it's it's hard to have a resume that stacks up against someone like Dracula, um, where there may be probably more entertaining uh, 
um, villains, and there have been a lot of bad versions of Dracula as well. Um, you know, there's been interpretations where he's linked, I think it was a Dracula 2000, uh, <laughs> made him into, uh, you know, uh, he was actually Judas, and, and that's why he had so many issues with the cross and um, how silver would impact him and stuff like that. So there's been, like all different ways to kind of go at him and his mythology. Um, but yeah, I think I'm happy that he, that he's here. Um, and, Were you uh, worried that your number one be wasn't going to be? I was a little concerned because, because like I said, there's been so many bad versions of the character and he's been, um, you know, parodied so much. It's hard to even view him as a, as a villain anymore because it's really kind of hard to take him seriously. I, I can see that because it's, you know, vampires are not once what they once were, but, if you go back and watch like Nosferatu, I don't I know. I still today that 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 interpretation freaks me, freaks the hell out of me. So, thirty six percent of people that voted had him in the top ten. So a lot of agreement there. Um, DJ does being played by the likes of Bella Lugosi and Christopher Lee help uh, his um, st- you know his criteria there. Sure, I, I was I was hoping that I mean he's not as villainous as Edward Cullen. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> I think oh, that uh, the fact that he's he's such an uh, Dan is I think hit the nail on the head where because there's so many interpretations of the character. I mean, Sean Astin is dressed like Dracula. It's the number one costume in, in Stranger Things season two. I mean, it's the number one Halloween costume probably of all time. He's kind of lost some of the the scariness to him, but I think when he first like when you like. Nosferatu first came out. Even Bram Stoker's Dracula, it, it, he was a lot more scary, like you know, in the, the, the creature of the night. But now it's, it, I, I think, in terms of millennials, Matthew, uh, <laughs> the, only the, me, come on, yeah, now. only you. Uh, okay. That uh, <laughs> I know how much you love millennials. Uh, that they, they they don't look at Dracula as scary. But I mean, back in the, when Dracula hit the scene, he was frightening he was the thing of nightmares so but i just think time is kind of wearing on his villainy a bit but i, I mean again i had no problem with him being as high because he he is the name he that dracula th- find somebody who doesn't know who dracula is <laughs> find somebody go yeah, ahead that's true steve any thoughts on dracula <laughs> no he's definitely deserving of this list matt agree yeah i'm on board and just knowing what he's based off of you know, Vlad the Impaler and things like that. Just talk about a real historical villain right there, too. So, right. And this is iconic. Bella goes, hear them creatures of the night. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's over the top, but at the same time, it's unnerving what he did. And then if you look at Nosferatu with Count Orlok and stuff like that, just the look of like that vampire and then the movie Silence. And it's just like him looking up from the bed after he feasted on the woman and everything like that. It's like, ah! It's like that's nightmare fuel right there, and like you guys have said, it's um, something that stood the test of time for over a hundred years at this point, and it's still being used to this day. So, kudos. Absolutely. Time for our top five, and our number five pick has a lot in common with our number six pick that we just talked about. They both appeared on sixty-four percent of the contributors list. Also, they both appeared on thirty-six percent of contributors' top ten. They also both predate the 1900s so we have count dracula at six and at number five we have professor moriarty from Hmm. sherlock holmes and sir arthur conan doyle so professor moriarty just beating out count dracula even though a lot of their numbers were very similar just edged him out by about um 12 points um so very very small margin here that moriarty beats dracula dj we'll start with you what do you think of, of professor moriarty um being in the top five 
It's it's fitting. I mean, Sherlock Holmes could arguably be the first superhero, and his number one arch nemesis is this guy, Professor Moretti, who's who can outthink Sherlock Holmes. I mean, Sherlock Holmes' name is synonymous. Well, you're smart. We use some sign of Sherlock Holmes. And this guy's out thinking that guy. So, yeah, I mean, Professor Moriarty, I, he, he, I think the word diabolical was written with – or kind of, that word came up with him in mind. He just does everything he can sometimes just to fuck with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, Moriarty – and it's funny because I'm probably in the minority. The guy Richie Sherlock Holmes, I really loved with uh, Jared Harris did with Moriarty. Um, I'm more of a fan of Jared Harris's interpretation of Moriarty than um, I forget the name of the actor who played him in the Benedict Cumberbatch version, though it's a different, more updated version. It's just Jared Harris. It's almost like Sherlock Holmes is not even like a challenger. He's just like a, a gnat, like a nuisance. Like, oh, I got to get rid of this super genius. <laughs> it's a, so Moriarty, I think, needs to be on here just because a lot of villains when it comes to like Lex Luthor and Dr. Doom, diabolical, you know, <laughs> Uh, mustache twirlers and stuff like that i think owe a lot to moriarty matt is it just the number of times that we've seen moriarty adapted in different things television movies etc because he only appeared in two books uh as far as the sherlock holmes series a very minor character in the books for much of it you know and then kind of created as somewhat of an arch nemesis to to combat sherlock holmes uh what do you think of him showing up here at number five i think People like the idea of seeing the yin to somebody's yang. It's like when you have like the most virtuous of somebody, like a really, really good guy, but then you have like somebody who's like on this polar opposite, but who's just as smart, almost just as powerful, but just has the complete opposite intentions all the time. I think that really draws a lot of people into seeing like the virtuous of the virtuous and the most evil of evil. Um, and I think we're going to see you know, down in the next uh, four um, picks somebody very uh, comparable to Moriarty as well. But yeah, uh, to DJ's point, the Jared Harris version, I'm not even the biggest fan of Sherlock Holmes, the Guy Ritchie one, uh, DJ, sorry. But yes, uh, it's like I like I like Jared Harris, though. I think he's a great actor. And yeah, he's, he just seems bothered. He's like. Robert Downey Jr., you're exhausting me. Can you just stop? <laughs> Cut the shit, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over this right now. Um, and to see like it's still back to back characters that have stood the test of time. And to your point, Kev, like he hasn't, he wasn't in a lot of books, but he's almost like the blow. He's like Blofeld too. Where he's always kind of in the back. His his machinations, like you know, almost like Palpatine in, in a lot of ways. Like he sets up all these little things that are behind the scenes, but then he comes out. And he's like got you bitch so, you know i love that in the character steve is uh, moriarty top 10 worthy uh definitely i one of my main uh introductions to the character was not only the uh guy ricci uh movie with uh robert Downey jr in it but um uh, where he was just i i love the 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 how they they bantered and uh, how the portrayal of the character in that and how he was out thinking Sherlock Holmes. Um, but uh, just from classic literature and the fact that he's still prominent today uh, is one of those go-tos. I mean, he even was a holodeck character in the next generation of Star Trek uh, <laughs> and took over the enterprise. So, I mean, it's, yeah. he's, he's still pretty slick uh, to be used in pop culture even today. Um, so I, I definitely think that he's well-deserving of where he's at. 
Um, interesting that uh, four people actually had him ranked at exactly number five, which is where he ends up. And Dan, you were one of them, so uh, I'm assuming you're fine with his position here. <laughs> I think it's a little too high, honestly. No, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, I'm completely fine with it. Because you think about, you know, Sherlock Holmes is a great character. And to be a character on his level, you need a great nemesis. And that is Moriarty. And I think it and it gets into the idea, maybe even original, and then originizes the idea of being the arch nemesis. And, you know, a lot of these characters, every, every time you had a hero, you need someone to connect them to. And... That started perhaps with 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 Sherlock. So, uh, and also, you know, he's a character that is, you know, there's uh, something about a villain that is not necessarily one of great power, but one of great intellect. That's far more interesting. So, I definitely think he's super deserving. I think we might get a lot of agreement on this one because four people had him at number five, three people had him at number six. So um, we're right in there. Let's go to our number fourth pick. Uh, let's leave the pre-1900s and go back to the 1900s here for a, a character that first appeared in a novel and then uh, a couple different films. Our number four pick is on 76% of the contributors' lists and on 28% of the top tens. We'll go with Dr. Hannibal Lecter for our number four pick. Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Not on anybody's top one, though. DJ, you are the highest ranker at number two, so yeah. we'll start with you. Hannibal Lecter is tough for me because I like him. He's He is so charismatic. I'm talking about mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Uh, uh, and smart and calculating, and I root for him. He's kind of the hero of his own entitled Hannibal film. That's how much I like him. Uh, the reasons for doing the despicable things he does is what kind of is the thing that makes him villainous because of the petty nature of his reasoning. I mean, he slaughters and feeds on the rude. Uh, he plays mind games with the doe-eyed Clarice because it pleases him. But, but because he's captivated by her cleverness, he, she, it kind of catches him off guard. But again, is there anyone who, at the end of Silence of the Lambs, is not rooting for him to catch Chilton? I mean, I, you, thank God, get Chilton, get him. I mean, is anyone not rooting for him uh, to get out of Mason, Mason Verger's clutches or uh, not chuckling when he's eating Ray Liotta's brains? I mean, <laughs> I, I, he's a bad guy. He's a terrific villain. And maybe because he's so good at manipulating everybody around him is why I like him so much. All right. Uh, Steve, let's go to you. You also had him in your top 20. Are you fine with him being all the way up here at number four? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's pretty um, uh, not only iconic, but I, I love the portrayal by Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, uh, pretty much any role he touches is gold. Um, and then just the fact that he's this uh, sick, demented, uh, yet intelligent, charismatic uh, individual who's playing the field from behind glass for part of the film. Uh, just speaks volumes of his intellect and the fact that, you know, he talked the one guy into eating his own tongue and, you know, the, <laughs> and, you know, he, he managed to escape prison and uh, um, basically stuck it to Chilton, even though he didn't kill him. But uh, it's, it's just that we know interesting. Of. <laughs> yeah. That we know of. Um, he left Barney alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not the purple dinosaur. <laughs> uh, another interesting thing about uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter here is 76% of the list 
Also, 76% of the people that voted for, or 76% of the contributors had him in the top 50. So every single person that voted for him had him in the top 50. Most people had him in the top 20. Dan, no surprise here to see Dr. Hannibal Lecter show up here in the top 10? Oh, none whatsoever. And I know it may be sacrilegious, but I actually think my, my favorite version of the character is uh, the actual television show and Mad Mikkelsen's performance of yeah. it. And I, it, it helps that you, he gets much more time with the character. Uh, and you, I just think they're, he portrays it in a very different way. You don't see the viciousness up front as much. It eventually gets there, but you, you get a little bit more of the human side and understanding of where this character is coming from. There's no denying, you know, Anthony Hopkins' performance is legendary, but I just I thought the um, the television show, which is highly underrated, and I was surprised it lasted as long as it did, but it's it, it's really worthy of discussion as well. Is one reason I, I ranked him as high as I did as well. But not just because of the film, but you see that there is a lot to that character that can be um, mined uh, based on based on that television show and the movie as well. Well, movies and and book. So, um, but yeah, he's when we were doing this list to me, he was a shoe in for top ten for certain. Mickelson won me. Mickelson won me over because at first I was like, I, I, I don't think he's, he's because you're right. He's completely not Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. But after like the first season, I'm like, you know what? I think he's kind of growing on me because he's more of a sphinx. I think he's not. Hopkins wears the pleasure of being Lecter all over his face. He's smiling. He's Mess Mickelson's. A, you don't know what he's thinking. Which makes him even more scary and dangerous because you don't know—is he going to kill me right now? I guess he's going to kill me right now. You have no idea when he's going to, you know, flip off, flip out, or do something. So yeah. Interesting too. Like I said, well, well, Matt. First off, agree or disagree with uh, Hannibal Lecter being in the top five? No, I think he's one of the most iconic, because um, not even villains, because characters in um, Anthony Hopkins' portrayal is some of the best work he's ever done some of the best work i've ever seen um and yeah going back to matt, matt mickelson it's it's interesting seeing because when i first started watching hannibal like one in the first episode you couldn't understand a word he was saying it was like well this is gonna be a, I'm, I'm in for something here but then it got better and his his kind of like him, him playing off of a will graham in there because i've always liked i don't know call me an idiot or something like that but i like red dragon a lot i think red dragon is really really good you too um, yeah. I, I like his his the complexity he has with Will Graham and with Edward Norton there. I like their banter back and forth. It's way different than him and Clarice. Clarice is like this real like sexual tension. And there's like a relationship building there. Whereas it's like, it's kind of like a Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes kind of going back and forth. It's a battle of wills in, in Red Dragon for me uh, a little bit, but it's, you get, you've had, and of course you have Brian Cox, you know, I think that's, I think Manhunter is an underrated Michael Mann movie as well, too, uh, which is basically just you know, Red Dragon, of course. But um, I like Brian Cox and his limited. I like Brian Cox in general. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's it's funny how er- different characters have let their – like they've given their own little thing to Hannibal Lecter. But at the end of the day, Anthony Hopkins reigns supreme. But I think everybody has put their mark on the character in their own, like, cool way. And just overall, it's just a character that's going to live – or live forever and it can be redone hopefully in a good way at some point maybe i don't know uh interesting thing here because our number four and our number three nobody every single person that ranked our number four and every single person that ranked our number three had them in the top 50 which is not going to be true for our number two and number one um because there was people that ranked the number one and number two on the other side of the 50 mark so that's kind of interesting um still 15 contributors have not seen their number one 
fall and there's only three spots left so um that is interesting as well our number three pick and i think most people will probably be able to narrow down who's left but maybe not the order um our number three pick is on 84 percent of the list 84 percent of people voted for freddy krueger um freddy krueger is our number three i am the only one that had him at my number one um because i don't know of a scarier character in my world because (laughs) i don't like horror films and he is why (laughs) i saw this way too young and i didn't like horror films after i saw this so i need to go back and give him another chance maybe but i don't want him in my nightmares or in my dreams so um freddy krueger was definitely my number one i was not expecting to do that going into it but as i was kind of boiling things down and and trying to rank some of these guys he just ended up as my number one um just from the scare factor i think dj what do you think of of freddy krueger being at number three and is he the last head on the mount rushmore of horror villains hey guys you 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 like sleep i like (laughs) sleep and more importantly i i need sleep and matt can tell you we've had many discussions about horror villains and typically our rankings come down to how difficult is it to avoid said monster? And there is no fucking way to avoid Freddy Krueger. It's a waiting nope. game. It's just like he, just get he's got to watch. You, you're fine. <laughs> he not. I mean, after this show, he might show up. I have no idea. I mean, he not only preys on your fear, he catches and kills you when you're at your most vulnerable. Um, on top of that, he's clever. He's funny. And has one of the most iconic weapons in not only horror movie history, but like in cinema in general. Uh, that shot of Nancy in the bathtub. Is it Nancy in the bathtub? I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah. with, the claw- with the clawed hand emerging from the water still gives me. I don't take baths because Please of that. Please don't talk shot. about I, it. I, yeah, shower. <laughs> only for now. That's it. Uh, he's not just on my Mount Rushmore of horror villains. If there was a totem pole, Freddy Krueger would be on the top in, ter- in terms of horror. Matthew, totem- uh, any any disagreement <laughs> with him being at number three here? Uh, it, it, I, I like Freddy Krueger a lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to disagree a little bit. and It's going to be mainly because of how goofy he got later on in some Remember, of the I've later films. Remember, I've only seen films. the first film. <laughs> I'm just okay. Uh, well, <laughs> check, out Dream check out Dream Warriors and Dream Child. You know, you know what I mean? And, I mean, it... It had so many ebbs and flows. Like at least with like you know things like Jason, it stayed consistent. But then he got magic and he became magical, and that whole thing flew out the window too. But Freddy Krueger in the first one, yes, I mean by all means, it's like this guy gets you in your dreams. Like I'm sleeping, I'm supposed to be in my plate of uh, place of bliss, and it's like this guy with a knife hand is coming out and his arms stretched out, and then I have gooey stairs that I can't run up, and he's jumping through <laughs> windows, and I'm getting sucked into my bed and throwing out with blood everywhere um but at the, at, the, at the end of the day it, it i mean in terms of just horror villains the the sweater the hat oh and by the way yeah he's a child killer child rapist too so that really puts him on the list for me just in terms of uh sadisticness and uh, his being a cruel person but um yeah i mean that puts him up high for me but he does get so goofy at the some of the movies you know, welcome to prime time bitch which i love Come on. What? Come on. You, you laugh you at it. <laughs> you love it. Steve, I love it. It's goofy. Steve, is this the, the deserving of the, the highest ranking horror villain? Oh, I definitely think so. This one terrified me as a kid for months. Um, I saw this way too young. <laughs> and, uh, that and the uh, the scenes where like it's, it's later type stuff where it's... Uh, I saw it with the Crypt Keeper too, like where they they intermix some of that stuff. So it was just even worse. 
uh, for me as a kid. So that this one has been one that's traumatized me uh, for a long time when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I know um, I know that I was right in putting him as my number one because during DJ and Matt's just talking about it, I got the chills like four times and my whole body was shaking. So I watched um, the trailer for Ready Player One and I, he shows up in the trailer. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, that's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Dan, Dan what do you think of, of Freddy Krueger coming in here at number three? Well, there's no no denying like, he's a villain, obviously, because there's some characters we talked about. Like, is he a villain? He's, is he not? Like, I don't, you know, there's no no debate when it comes to Freddy Krueger. <laughs> he checks off all the evil evil elements. And, yeah, I think he would, looking at the, the genre of horror, I, he, I would say he probably is the best villain of that genre. And considering the amount of horror villains we've seen, he deserves to be up, up this high. Um he, uh, Matt is right. He does get kind of goofy and more comedic a, as the movies go on, um, but uh, I, I think that it ends up giving him a lot of lot of personality as well. So maybe he ends up being less scary. Um, but oddly, I think honestly, my first uh, experience with Freddy was obviously not with Freddy Krueger in the movies, but the Simpsons parody of Freddy Krueger. Uh, <laughs> but you, you also know you're doing something right when Simpsons puts you in the world of um, the Treehouse of Horror back when, you know, it was good, not when it was whatever it is now. But so. <laughs> And also just a note to our contributors, the four people that left Freddy Krueger off of their top 100, I would like an explanation. Um, no, all right, let's <laughs> go to, uh, remember, 14 contributors, number one, pick have not been talked about yet and there's only two picks left um number mm. two pick on 84 percent, which means four people again did not vote for our number two pick Sixty percent of all contributors had this character in their top ten. On three people's number one pick overall, Darth Vader at yeah. number two. Darth <laughs> Vader at number two. That's it. I know who's number one. <laughs> three people. Three people had this character in number one. Like I said, fifteen people had Darth Vader in the top ten. DJ, is Darth Vader deserving to be up this high at number two? The prequels kind of sullied this character and uh, with sand diatribes and creepy sexual tension. But and Rogue One I think Rogue One is the biggest achievement of Rogue One was to remind us how scary, how truly very scary Darth Vader really is. I mean, especially in that horrific murder scene. And I'm, a, I'm a, that's not an action scene. That's a murder scene. And I personally, I, I mean, I personally like Empire Vader, Empire Strikes Back Vader, who was clever and kind of funny and killed underlings with the force uh, without a second thought through view screens for crying out loud. But even at this character's weakest state, Anakin Skywalker Vader, uh, say it with me, murdered a bunch of unsuspecting children. <laughs> and also, also, he strangled the love of his life. Oh, and also killed his best friend and committed Tuscan genocide, tortured his daughter, 
and his future son-in-law, cut off his son's hand just to persuade him to join his side. I mean, that's leaving out his appearance, which from the moment you see him on the screen screams, this is the fucking bad guy. <laughs> but he did murder his first daddy, so. That's yeah. also true. <laughs> All right, going through the rankings here of, of Darth Vader. One, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. <laughs> Binary. Six, nine, <laughs> nine, and a five. I forgot. Um, Dan, what do you think? Darth Vader at number two. I, I was. I thought he'd be number one. I think I. I was hoping he'd be number one. He was who I was rooting for. But hey, he, he's number two. Just he, he. He's got everything. He's got the look, the voice, the power, the impact. You know, he is the ultimate villain in uh, in so many ways. He's even like in in the comics, he, he ends up getting these evil versions of R two D two and C three P O, and yeah. they're amazing. They're just they're dynamic. Yeah. It's, it's, it just shows you, he, like he still has that love of building robots, but in a more demented sense, um, in a way. So, to me, like yeah, I mean. Putting the fact that yes, he was portrayed by Andy Christensen in some rather not complimentary sequences in in the prequels, but still, ultimately, he's still Darth Vader, even with the nose and all, all, everything George Lucas has done to try to kill that character. Um, but at least, though, can, there is an element of redemption with him. Maybe that's why you would someone would put other villains ahead of him. So I, I guess you can argue that. And Star Wars is his story. Like Star Wars is the story of Darth Vader. Still, at least the, the still. first. Um, yeah. And let's let's not forget um, so. that, that Anakin Skywalker is not Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they are, yeah. but he doesn't become Darth Vader until a certain point. So let's not judge him based on Hayden Christensen. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> Disney did denuder him. So I do yeah. want uh, again an explanation for people not putting Darth Vader in their top 100. I don't understand that whatsoever. What? Um, Never Steve, seen Star Wars. <laughs> Steve, what do you think of, of Darth Vader showing up here? Um, yeah, he definitely deserves it. Um, there's, it, people are crazy if they didn't put him in there. <laughs> and, um, and again, he's... like I said, with number three and four, nobody had them lower, any lower than 50. We did have someone that had Darth Vader at 63, someone else at 48, and someone else at 46. So that's really what's hurting in uh, Darth Vader a little bit, but continue your thought. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, I mean, technically, he should have been number one, but just based on his iconic nature and the fact that um, he just kind of looks awesome in that suit, and uh, then you add the fact that Rogue One just further added to his character, and yeah, uh, skipping the... Because I don't consider anything with Anakin Darth Vader because he didn't have the suit. I count him with the suit. So... um, yeah, I, I definitely am in favor of, of him being in the top two. Matt, agree with everybody else, or are you going to be the dissenting voice on Darth Vader? Uh, well, to, to the, what, four people that didn't put him <laughs> in, in, the, in the top one, and just like, no! <laughs> like, uh, I mean, at a, it's either you haven't seen movies, or maybe, 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 maybe you don't believe in movies. Maybe it's kind of like it's anything. against your religion. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe you're a Jedi and you're like, fuck Darth Vader. Um, I really know, but um, it's kind of like this. There's nothing more iconic than the deep, the 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 breathing, the black suit, the the helmet, everything about the voice. Um, you know, James Earl Jones doing it all. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
I think we can all agree that the whole Anakin Skywalker that was pre Vader. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you just gotta watch it out of your head a little, uh, watch it out of your mind a little bit. But yeah, there's nothing more iconic than that. The only thing I will say is that he does as a villain, he's villainous, but then he's manipulated by another villain who you could say is maybe a little bit more evil than Darth Vader, but uh, he tells him down a vent shaft, man. He, he, he does. He, he, he redeems himself, you know, and then that, that could take it. Cause he kind of becomes a good guy at the end of it too. So there's I like, a, like to a, think that he's not manipulated so much as he just is just allowing him to think he's in control. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> he, do, he does want, you could be a rule together. The galaxy yeah, has father does, and he's son. Like, he's he like, wants to kill, him. kill this guy anyway. So yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. we'll take out our father. And so, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm number two. I mean, he's, you could argue that he's like, it's going to be one A and one B, you know what I mean? Cause it's that close aside from a few, from four people that, uh, don't like fun, I guess. Or something. <laughs> it seems like everybody. You're the villain. It seems like everybody thinks they know number one. Let me remind that eleven people's number one has not shown up yet, and three of you are not going to see your number one. So maybe that puts a little doubt in your mind. The number one character appeared on ninety-two percent of people's lists. Ninety-two percent. Give it to me. Seventy-six percent of people had this character in their top ten, and he was on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people's number one. That How many be, people on the panel? That would be three of you, and that oh, would be yeah. the Joker at number one. Hell yeah! Um, before we let these guys talk, Dan, because you and I were not the ones that had him at number one. I actually had the Joker at seventeen. You had the Joker at number nine. So, um, I, and two people did not vote for the Joker at all in the top one hundred. Um, That's Dan, sick. Dan, you, Dan, you start this. Why um, is Joker deserving of number one, or, or why was there eight people more deserving in your mind? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm outnumbered here, so I feel like I'll back you up. I'll back you up. Yeah. No, I, I, okay. Let's start with the fact, yes, Joker is certainly a great character and deserving top, like, he, he was in my top ten. Um, but I think the reason I, I ranked some other characters ahead of him, you know, obviously Dracula, because you're talking about a much different type of character, you know, legacy-wise. But um, Magneto is my number two, and I mentioned that because I found his dimension of a character a lot, much more interesting um, in, in, the, in the stories you can tell and... I think where Joker's limitations are, if you want to call them limitations, is more so um, like there is no compassion for him as a character, minus a few stories. I mean, there there's a killing joke where there is an element like the complete absence of humanity in a way um, may harm him in, in the sense of the stories you can tell. But ultimately, why it's important is because the way Joker um, is designed is obviously to be the arch nemesis of Batman. And when you have a character that is so bent on control and so bent on um, basically uh, preparing and um, using his intellect to solve problems, when you have this, you know, um, enigma that you can never solve that is unpreparable, who is able to kind of understand you in a way that you wish he couldn't, um, I think that certainly makes him super interesting as why he's such a important character in the world of comics and in in in, in, in well now uh, literature in general. And obviously, we've seen him portrayed in films twice very effectively. Um, and he's a clown, and you know, clowns are evil. Um, so, um, and he's a human clown that's evil. So there you go. But 
Um, so yeah, there's no denying. Like, I don't have an issue with him being number one. I think there's a lot of arguments you can make to why he deserves to be there. But for me, in the, in the stories I like, I just I I preferred a few other characters. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I had the likes of Dracula, Palpatine, Hannibal, Moriarty, um, Terminator, Hal 9000, Borg, Darth Vader, Big Brother, and Freddy Krueger all ahead of Joker. But I did have the Joker as the number one comic book character on my list. So I have no problem with him being the, the top rated comic book character. But uh, I've never seen this much agreement as far as the top goes with a, a number one pick. So we'll start uh, or we'll continue this conversation with the people that are obviously happy and the other people that had... Um, Joker number one, JT from Saskatoon, Real Films, Eduardo, uh, Besotted Geek, Mild Mannered Movie Men, uh, DJ, Matt, Steve, um, etc. So, and I forgot to mention, but the number ones for Darth Vader would have been also uh, In Session Film and TV's Mr. Neil. So let's start with DJ. What do you think, Joker, reigning supreme on this entire panel? Not a ton of comic book characters, but uh, Joker at number one. Uh, for me, the Joker has always been the answer to the question, what if the smartest guy in the room was also insane? Okay, He's one of the first villains I've seen disarm the hero by sadistically goading him to hurt and kill him because he knows his rules. He took the teeth out of Batman, arguably the greatest and most intimidating hero of all time, neutered neutered by the joker's madness i mean in terms of acting you have a minimum minimum of three versions of this character that are legendary whether it's the jack nicholson joker or the heath ledger joker the mark hamill joker all of all of them every facet of them are amazing and captivating and man i mean to this you can even add even even though he wasn't great you you, you you're gonna get great actors to play this role jared leto is playing him now and I mean, some people are kind of mixed on him, but this is a character that thespians want to play because there's such freedom in playing this guy. And for just we're talking about how Lex Luthor stands up to Superman. For somebody like a, a clown to stand up to, literally, Batman is criminal nightmare, and the Joker is not afraid of him. And Batman can't kill him. It's just such a great dynamic they have in this character. I mean, when I think when you when you ask me this question, I'm like, villain. Well, I know Joker's number one, so I need to figure out what the rest of them are because Joker is that guy. So yeah, Joker is number one for me is perfect. Matt, I'll give you a second. Yeah, um, everything kind of DJ says. I mean, but um, to Dan's point uh, a little bit too. I mean, there are some stories. I mean, the Killing Joke's a perfect example of like pseudo humanizing uh, the Joker, but at the same time, the Joker is a unreliable source for information so you don't know if this is bullshit or not so that makes it even more infuriating to some people like what is this guy's motive and there's no motive behind it and even what uh what was it um graham morrison even said to a certain degree that the killing joke in some ways could almost be like the final batman uh, uh joker story as well too for his certain right. reasons and and you also have a uh, brian azarello writing joker as well too and you see everything told from like the perspective of a third party seeing joker at his most villainous and evil uh picking up from arkham and doing all he, all the things he's doing but then you see him in tender moments with like harley quinn and stuff like that so um it all depends what part of joker you're looking at i mean but he is he's he's moriarty he and uh even in uh some of the scott snyder stuff it's like joker is not just a person it is people over the course of time so it's just a ongoing villain he's just a force like like kind of anton Shiger. he's a force of nature that 
can never be destroyed in any way, shape, or form because there's always somebody else to kind of pick the mantle up for the Joker in a lot of ways. That's probably where the unreliableness comes from. So, uh, but yeah, number one, uh, obviously, I put him in there. So, Steve, final thoughts on the Joker? Houston, we have a problem. Uh,. Yeah, obviously this was going to be my number one, uh, not only because I enjoy voicing the character and because I host a Batman <laughs> podcast, but because um, to me, Mark Hamill is the definitive Joker. Correct. Uh, <laughs> hands down. And, and when I first saw him in the DCAU uh, and Batman the Animated Series back in the 90s, there was no doubt in my mind um, that this was the Joker. This was creepy. This uh, I saw Mask of the Phantasm when I was a kid, um, when it came out in theater, and uh, um, it, it's just uh, just seeing all the different renditions. I mean, Caesar Romero, which was just the comical version, uh, yeah. just really kind of dumbed down Joker, and then you've got um, Jack Nicholson as the kind of kooky '80s version, and then the uh, um, the Heath Ledger, why so serious? <laughs> and then um, uh, the Leto one that looks like he's a crackhead, and uh, <laughs> uh, which I hate the Leto one. I yeah. hate the, the Jared Leto he's one. He's divisive, man. He's divisive. Yeah, he's, yeah, but for me, the Mark Hamill version has basically every Joker kind of rolled into one uh, with uh, as aesthetically pleasing of a a mug as you can get for the Joker. Um, and, and then the fact that he got his own film dedicated to him in Return of the Joker for Batman Beyond to uh, uh, rampage another generation of uh, Bat family and <laughs> attacking Bruce again through proxy of uh, one of his previous Robins. A disgrace to the name Joker. Why in my day? So it, it's to me, this is like kind of hands down, like no matter what rendition of the Joker you're messing with, uh, he's the only one smart enough to take down the Bat family as the way to hurt Batman himself. And uh, even in death of the family or death in the family, either one, the Joker did the same thing by destabilizing Batman, by attacking his his uh, crime-fighting cohorts. So, All right. So, yeah, that is our number one pick for the day. There's a lot of stuff to react to. There's a lot of stuff to uh, digest here now that we've had all 100 picks revealed. There's a lot of statistics to go over and a lot of just things to discuss in general, but we're not going to do that now. We've been at it for three hours or so now, so we're going <laughs> to save all of that for the wrap-up episode. So it's like you know, like all the shows do these days. It's like beyond the, the Stranger Things or whatever. It's, the, it's like the <laughs> after-party thing that we're going to do. So if you want to hear what three number one picks did not appear anywhere in the top 100, if you want to hear the 20 closest to making the list maybe 101 through 125 will reveal if you want to get all the statistics breakdown and, and our overall thoughts on everything that transpired during this list and what surprised us and, and all that kind of jazz tune in to the wrap-up show we'll give you all of that we need some time to digest everything that just happened but we will be back with lots of thoughts that you can guarantee that so um for and and we'll also once again highlight all the people that contributed and give you their information as far as um, where you can go to, to find their stuff. DJ, Matt, Dan, and Steve, thanks for being on this marathon with me. And thanks for all the opinions and the feedback uh, on all of these picks. I think we did a pretty good job of knowing at least something on every single character that appeared in the top 100. So kudos to all of you guys for, for your various and diverse knowledge. So 
tune in next time for another final look at our top 100 fictional villains when we wrap this thing up and put a bow on it tune in next time the office now swell mr l mr l mercy oh yeah she had a little accident Missy, I don't know what your game is, but I promise you, you'll pay dearly for this. You're dead, do you hear me? <sighs> blah, blah, blah. Wow, Mama, check out the cute hitchhiker. old kid, do I have a deal for you? What am I going to do with you? You simply won't die. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> I knew the Joker would show up at some point. <laughs> Harley. <laughs> you killed Captain Clown. Should be a whole outtake of just DJ and Steve doing lines. You Not killed Captain Clown. How dare you? <laughs> you sound like the Batman version of the Joker. Well, well, Mark Hamill always goes up like this, and then goes lower when he's upset. <laughs> but you always. sound like the Kevin Michael Richardson version. <laughs> I like the Kevin Michael Richardson version. He's awesome. <laughs> That's True. from the red, the red hood, I believe, right? Uh, no, that was. Um, Which one is that? That one's the guy that played Bender. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Dimaggio. Dimaggio. Ah, brave new world that has such putzes in it. 